Hey everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's Tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Put the children to bed. It's time for Dan and Aldo to bare their souls. I love the Chicago Bears more than I do masturbating, and that is a lot. Then, with three seconds left, Bob Avellini throws a 30-something yard touchdown pass to Greg Latta, and the Bears win, and I literally shit my pants. I swear to God, I literally did. <laughs> Eric Kramer, for me, I love the guy. He's a tragic figure. I mean, he embodies all that is. If they don't run the ball here, I'm going to vomit. I swear to God. Look, I don't mean any disrespect. He just didn't play that well. Not for a guy of his caliber. You know, they won, but I'm, I'm going to be miserable all week because they stunk. I don't, I don't really have any recollection of that at all, but I guess perhaps I blacked it all out. So, Dan... Tape is the ultimate tool for scouts and for coaches to evaluate players, to detect plays and so forth. And they spend hours looking at tape, right? Why do they so often get shit wrong? Ladies and gentlemen, Dan and Aldo. controls here and uh so therefore i fucked up the open <laughs> what's up motherfuckers hey any anytime you can say fuck three times in the first 10 seconds it's going to be a good show <laughs> yeah i just did the uh buffone uh, tyler ellis show and uh swearing on that show is uh illegal because of Tyler's religious uh, background and uh, John's uh, occupation and so forth. So I've just been dying to come on here and say, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and the Bears win. Holy fuck. <laughs> you know the open that where you, where you mentioned that, uh, I don't want to misquote it, but it's like, you know, the, the Bears won, but it, it I'm still going to be miserable the rest of the week. That's probably the first game that I can think of in, I, dare I say years where that holds true for me. Like someday they went by 26 and it just, it felt like the, 
like the fourth preseason game. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I had a blast putting together the media stuff because you hear people like uh, Dan Hampton say, well, that's three hours of our life. We'll never get back because <laughs> that game was ugly. I mean, the last two weeks beating Seattle and this Giants game, while I was happy at the end, they were ugly games, man. Totally See, I enjoyed fun. Seattle. Yeah, I know you you loved that. I'm surprised that you said you didn't enjoy the Giants as much. I mean, I was happy for Robert Quinn, don't get me wrong. And, you know, it was good to like, wow, we're going to be up 7 nothing and not even have to kick the field goal. We're going to score a touchdown. Okay. Oh, it's 14 nothing. Wow. But it's still – you know why? It was because of fucking Andy Dalton. I I don't know why. uh, Okay, Fields is still hurt. Wink, wink. Okay, whatever. But (laughs) Foles deserved to start after the Seattle win. A lot of people are saying that, questioning that. I, I mean, Dalton was the number one quarterback. So you're saying he should have lost his job because of injury or because Foles played so much better? Because the last, all right, his last start, I believe, before this was that. Four interception, just, I mean, ugly loss to the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And then you see how he played, even though we won 29 to three. I don't have his line in front of me, but what did he complete? Like 48% of his passes. He he threw a terrible interception. Dalton's done. Yeah. I mean, he's really done. Well, I do have to say, you know, this has been a, a kind of an unfair season for him or unlucky season. Unlucky is because he didn't, when he signed that contract to quarterback the Bears and become their number one quarterback, um, he didn't know what he was getting into. <laughs> he thought Matt Nagy, wow, you know, this guy, he's been around, everybody talks about how he, he's offense and stuff. He, he had no idea he was going to join this fucking train wreck that is the Matt Nagy Chicago Bears. And I'll add Ryan Pace. We're going to talk a lot about Mr. But he Pace got paid there. $10 million for it. Got paid ten million. There again in the media clips. Uh, Sylvie does such a great fucking job of breaking down how much we have paid for quarterbacks under Ryan Pace, and it's like they're they're, they're these quarterbacks are making eight million dollars a throw or some shit or a win or something <laughs> like that because you know they haven't been a, a good return on investment guy like guys like Foles and Dalton just haven't won. Although Full uh, Dalton is. F- Four and two. Uh, is he four and two? No, no, uh, Bears quarterbacks outside of uh, of Fields are four and two this season. So, uh, and then Fields is two and eight. So, that's not that's not a good you know stat to we got cheated in Pittsburgh. Like, Fields should have been three and seven. <sighs> mm-hmm. I mean, we literally got that one taken away from us, but still, Dalton has looked. I mean, that that Cardinal game was the worst game. A quarterback has played all season. Mm-hmm. And then Foles plays arguably the best quarterback played game of the whole season. So that's why I would say if if number one's not playing, then you got to, you know, hey, you got us the victory in the snow on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you earned your start, especially this, this other guy had played such a terrible game against Arizona. And he comes back and plays a terrible game again. Like, there's no denying his game Sunday, despite the win, was awful. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it, what happens if we don't get those two turnovers on those first two series and we get off to a 14 and nothing lead? You know, the defense would have continued to play great because of the opponent. But I, I would have been biting my nails in the, in the fourth quarter as opposed to feeling good at halftime. 
everyone talks about how poor Mike Glennon played Sunday, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to contradict <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. But we've seen that before. I mean, here in Chicago with uh, with uh, Jonathan Quinn mm-hmm. in 04, uh, and definitely, uh, oh, fuck, uh, what's his name? That came in in the NFC Championship, Caleb Haney. Uh, Caleb Haney. <laughs> Caleb Haney in 2011 was that bad, too. So we've seen some awful, awful, and of course, Glennon himself in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. If I was the czar of the Chicago Bears, I would never give an okay to a general manager to draft or sign any quarterback with a name like Caleb Haney. (laughs) What what the fuck? Names stand for something. You want a quarterback with a cool name, don't you? I mean, um, Jim McMahon sounds pretty cool to me. Yeah. Jim McMahon. Jay Cutler sounds cool to me. Yep. Uh, Justin Fields sounds cool. Yeah. Even Rex, it sounds like, you know, Rex stands for king. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody had the, the nickname for him, Sexy Rexy. I mean, I think it's important to have a quarterback with a fucking great name. Johnny Unitas. Johnny fucking Unitas. Holy shit. What a great fucking football name for a quarterback. I mean, Steve that is awesome. Stenstrom. I'm kidding. <laughs> Who's the worst quarterback you saw uh, either on TV or live for the, for the bears? That's the guy I always point to Steve Stenstrom. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, I don't know why no one ever else was like, Oh yeah, he was so bad. It's like everyone else forgets him. Everyone else will bring up Jonathan Quinn or Moses Moreno or whatever. But uh, I always think I, uh, Will Fuhrer, mm-hmm. <laughs> that left-handed guy back in 92 from mm-hmm. Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. or Peter Tom Willis was pretty goddamn awful too, but Steve Stenstrom. That, what- I mean, if we could get him on the show, I would I would probably have to apologize to him. <laughs> like, I have been absolutely annihilating you, your game since, like, the middle 90s, sir. <laughs> Uh, Heidi says Mike Glennon is a cool name. She's got the smiley face. You're <laughs> funny, Heidi. <laughs> By the way, I'm almost done with that bottle that Heidi got, got me for the holidays. Look at this thing. It's all it's almost empty. And I've had such a good time drinking this. This is Heidi Zimmerman. Dan, you can't see on the screen, but it's a really cool bottle of um mezcal. You ever had mezcal? No, no. I'm not a big drinker anymore. I know, man. You I've like- got to drive all the time. Even like I've told you, I got my first flight ever scheduled now. Mm-hmm. And everyone was saying, oh, man, Atlanta's airport is so awesome. On your late, I was like, I can't drink. As soon as I land in Florida, I've got to get in a car. Well, it was good to see you when we were together at Cleveland. Uh, let go a little bit. And you had about three or four of those wet pussies. <laughs> was that what it was called? I think so. I keep forgetting. It was. I put- remember it was something like that. To where I didn't want to ask the female bartender <laughs> the name. I was like, I'm not asking her for that. I mean, it sounds like they're going to kick me out of the bar if I said <laughs> that's that. right. If you haven't heard the story, Dan and I went to Cleveland and we meet up with Aaron Curran, one of the co-hosts of the Barfly Tailgate Show. Great guy. He lives in Kentucky. He's at a bar with his wife, and uh, they're drinking this really sweet. Uh, it was Midori, coconut rum, uh, a couple of other things. Really sweet, very tasty. And so, you know, she says, I'm going to order all of you guys. And I think it's called a sweet pussy. And so then I picked up the next round. So no, I gotta- no, it was called a eat my pussy. 
That's even worse. Yeah, so there was no way I could ask the bartender that. She might hear half of the sentence. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> then I said, I want to eat your pussy. Because <laughs> that does sound like something I would be thinking. <laughs> <laughs> that bartender was very, very cute to that. Yeah. So, anyways, we'll, we'll uh, <laughs> we better talk about football. We've been on here now for fifteen minutes. Right, I got, I got something else for you. Sure. All the Bears fans, from what I can gather on Twitter, and I know what I'm going to say is unpopular, but I'm not saying it just to like, oh, look at me, like have the different opinion. Mm -hmm. They've been uh, shitting on uh, the announcing from Sunday. I can say that I like Spiro Dides. Uh, he was on NBA TV about 20 years ago mm -hmm. and made the jump to CBS. Now, I get he does the low game on the – I don't like Jay Feely, mm -hmm. but Spiro, I think, does a fine job as the play-by-play -play guy. Yeah, I thought I, he was I, okay. Yeah, I mean, he's okay. Like, I think he's safe. Mm -hmm. Like, he knows what he's – it's not like he's saying something wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, so many times, even if it's, you know, uh, uh, Jim Nance – They'll say something as Bear fans that we know isn't true. Mm -hmm. Like I told you a few weeks ago, I was so mad when someone said, I don't remember who it was now. They're like, you know, uh, uh, Tariq Cohen hasn't played much this year. He got hurt earlier in the year. I'm like, well, what fucking team is he watching? Tariq Cohen's almost been out two seasons. Like, I hate it when they say things that blatantly false. But I, I thought Spiro Ditas was fine. And I see we've got Akeem Tlaib again this week. Yeah. What do you think? And, uh, again. I, I, for me, I don't want to sound like a snobby ass fucking guy. I, I, I don't, I've never thought it was cool to have improper grammar and stuff, mm -hmm. but I would much rather hear him than the, I do declare snobbiness of Jay uh, or of, uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Mm -hmm. Like we're royalty here on Fox. Oh, do we have to be doing a bears game again? John Madden like, spoiled us, didn't he? Yeah, man, but the, every time Aikman does our game, it's like he's he'd rather be at the proctologist office. Well, all of these guys, I mean, asshole drilled than <laughs> Yeah, you much would rather be there. Um, all of these guys, like Peyton and Eli Manning, they had what two opportunities to call a Bears Monday night game on their uh, special broadcast, and, and both times they took the week off. I mean, what fucking disrespect is that? Everybody that suggests that Peyton Manning should be the next general manager of the Chicago Bears, I say, fuck that. Guy won't even fucking watch our game. See, he takes a maybe, week off when, when he's got to watch the game and announce it. What the hell? Or maybe that's actually a compliment to us if you look at it this way and say, maybe the network says, you know what, the Bears fans are always there ratings-wise. They're going to watch the actual game. Well, that that could be, but they've had some other uh, good rated games. I think it's just the Mannings and probably Peyton Manning. He's pissed off at the Bears for some reason. Well, Matt Nagy, uh, <laughs> if there's like one coach, you're like, oh, no, not that offense. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, you're right. I don't want to watch that game this week. I'd rather just stay home. <laughs> yeah. What about these Collinsworths on, on Sunday Night Football? What the fuck is that all about? I didn't watch it. I told you I hate to watch Aaron Rodgers play. Mm -hmm. Even if you told me Minnesota was going to win 37 to whatever versus whatever it ended up being, mm -hmm. I, I, I just don't even want to see him play. The whole game is like slow motion Aaron smiling. Yeah. Oh, look, it was, we're in his helmet. You see his eyes? 
his big fucking eyes. You see his big fucking eyes. Oh, he's smiling in slow motion. Like, I don't want to see that. And that's every network that's does. Funny. Like they have like they're jacking off to his face. That's funny. I wonder if the TV producers and all these consultants say, how can we make our, ma our game more entertaining, attract more women, uh, romanticize the game? And they're like, yeah, well, we got to, you know, just point the camera at the star quarterback and, and pretend it's a porno movie soft porn movie put the filter on and slow motion and stuff maybe maybe that's actually happened at a tv planning meeting <laughs> that's a good i mean good i'm scenario. not wrong i swear if you watch it there's more slow motion cuts of him just smiling and shit it's 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 asinine what did collegeworth say this week i heard other uh, other people were tagging me on twitter saying like there he goes again dan just like you said but i don't know what he what he actually said oh, i don't i can't i can't say that i have to synchronize the time and stuff foster says that you have been a chicago you've been a chicago bias dan been a chicago bias since monday night football started 50 years i'm not sure what that means do you have a bias against monday night football or something me yeah, I don't know. Foster. No, no, I always liked Monday Night Football. I don't particularly like the coverage that's on there now. Mm -hmm. It's like back in my lifetime, it started out, it was, you know, like Frank Gifford and even OJ Simpson. Mm -hmm. You know, OJ was on there and I thought OJ did fine, man. And then it was like Al and Frank and Dan, that was solid. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, you kind of went downhill when ESPN got it. Yeah. I agree. I mean, Tariko was okay. You know, Joe Theismann I liked. But then after that, when they started shifting like play by play guys ever so often, it just it made it feel less than. Mm. Yeah. And then the games went down too because they made the Sunday night game the, the premier game of the week. So Monday night was kind of like a, oh, by the way. Mm -hmm. And then you got Thursday night too. It sort of saturated it. Yeah, that is true. Foster says that uh, in reply to my question, what did he mean? He writes, there has been a Chicago bias. So I, I think he's maybe pointing out that you have pointed out that there's a Chicago bias on, on Monday night football. Maybe. Well, I was saying on Sunday night with that. Well, Monday night too, but they, I, they always like, just zoom in on Rogers, man. It's like a Packers bias. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I think ESPN, I think all of the pr primetime games are that way. That's the kind of formula because they know that like, the audience there is bigger than any other game. And so there's a lot of women watching and so forth. So I think there is a strategy to how they broadcast those games, uh, all, all of the major networks. All right, let's talk about uh, the Chicago Bears. And then I want to bring Tooch in after this because he's got an early uh, start tomorrow, so he can't join us. You and I are going to go two and a half, three hours tonight, so he he's going to jump out early. So after we'll do the media thing, we'll talk a little bit, and then we'll bring the Tooch in, and then we'll uh, talk about whatever scratches your uh, your ass, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just to uh, set this up, um, it's about 29 minutes long and uh, got a lot of stuff from after the game, but a lot of stuff also from the last 24 hours. And so, you know, there's going to be very little talk about the game uh, from Sunday and a lot of talk about 
Ryan Pace's future and Matt Nagy's future. So let's take a listen to this week's edition of Media Bites. Mike Glennon was the worst quarterback we've ever seen. Andy Dalton did something. David Montgomery was there. The Giants were awful. No, you know, that's three hours we'll never get back, OB. Think of it like that. Uh, You know, come on. Uh, Big picture. Um, It's a win, you know. A year from now, 10 years from now, nobody will care. In the pregame, we talked about what was possible as far as being productive and trying to, you know, picture, you know, the Bears next season by virtue of what they were maybe possibly able to get accomplished today. We saw Andy Dalton do what Andy Dalton does, go out there and hang up a, what it was, a 64.9 quarterback rating. Yeah, the Bears won because... Mike Glennon was worse than we last saw him when he was wearing a bear suit three years ago. I mean, his numbers are staggering. Outside of just how bad wa- it was, just actually, his, watching him play is worse than his numbers, right? It really was, and it was it was it was more painful than a lot of things I've I've done in my life. And you know, it's <laughs> half the time I couldn't watch the game. Ob, I couldn't watch. And you know, Saquon Barkley uh, is a shell of what he used to be. Was over a hundred yards today. All that being said it was just catastrophic bad is for the giants and yeah the bears won but what do we have to show for this game looking at how this team shapes up next year and that's what these games really have to be about when when you've got a coaching staff that you know possibly would be in it for the long haul we know there's going to be changes. What was what was possibly accomplished today? Well, it was, it was a win, but not much else. The thing that I wanted to see today was which team basically was going to kind of, for lack of a better term or terminology, mail it in. Okay, and I hope the heck it wasn't going to be the Bears, and they didn't. They basically did not. They kind of played a solid game, and I understand they played a 4-1 team, a horrible team, and I, and I get it. But we won the game, but guess what? I did not see anybody, you know, trying to get out of playing, uh, going half speed. I didn't see any of that. And so that, kudos to the players themselves for staying in the game and fighting for a victory. Two bad teams out there, but the Bears at least executed. Yeah, you know, in the beginning of the year in August, Coach Nagy and Sean Desai talked a lot about they wanted to get back to taking the ball away like they did in 2018. Early on in today's game, you see uh, Travis Gibson sack fumble, mm-hmm. sets the Bears up on the two-yard line to score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then Tayshawn Gibson, Artie Burns breaks the pass up. Tayshawn Gibson intercepts the ball, leads to 14 quick points. And with Glennon at quarterback for the Giants, even 14 points was probably going to be enough, but the Bears continue to play well. Uh, the defense harassed Glennon all day long. Uh, you know, the turnover bucket for the first time since, I think, week four, they get double-digit takeaways, yep. right? I think now they have, I think they had 12, so now they have 16. 2018, they had 36 or 38, and they led the league. So um, today, getting those really helps in offense, score more points, gives them more opportunities, and equals them blowing out the Giants. That's a bad Giants team, but what do you take away from a win like this in a gotta tough the, season? Got to take the positive. Mm-hmm. Robert Quinn. Mm-hmm. Robert Quinn, and that's one of the hardest things to do, you know, and, and he's etched into Bears history forever. And even if somebody beats him, he's still going to be the next guy. You know, he beat Richard Dent. Richard Dent is in the Hall of Fame. Those are, it's, there's, there's a, it's a, 
it's a it, there's not a lot of people that are that can accomplish that and the guys that have they put on those yellow jackets. So, you know, um, I'm glad that Robert Quinn did it. And I'm also glad that he did it as a Chicago Bear. Uh, my congratulations. That is a hard record to break in a year where you don't have a lot of leads. Mm -hmm. Right? So he didn't, they weren't beating teams by a lot. And he was still getting after the quarterback. Khalil Mack wasn't there a lot this year. So he was getting a lot of the attention after the year he had last year to come back this year and have that kind of year was extremely impressive by Robert Quinn. But plan to begin the season with Andy Dalton as the starter, would have uh, had more legs to it if Dalton and the offense would have performed better uh, against the Rams and if he wouldn't have been hurt against Cincinnati. You know, if they had come out and you you saw Andy go out there and throw for uh, 280 and, and three touchdowns and no turnovers uh and then he's healthy the next week against Cincinnati and they 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 win that game uh it's Andy Dalton as the starter at Cleveland right so I I think the Andy Dalton plan sort of unraveled uh because everything around the quarterback wasn't uh working uh nearly as well as it should have and it hasn't worked nearly as well as it should uh, with with Justin Fields, and it, it's it's going to be a difficult thing to evaluate this off season. It really is uh, the two and eight record or whatever it is. Uh, if Fields starts this Sunday at Minnesota, how much of that is Justin? How much of that is the players around Justin? How much of that is is coaching? Because uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna feel good about a young quarterback with the full toolbox going forward. But that young quarterback uh, with that full toolbox hasn't played well this season. That Fields uh, would be the starter at the beginning, Cap. He would think, man, we're going to lose. We're going to have a really bad season because the kid is learning. I'm definitely going to get fired. He had Dalton in place so he could save his job for as long as possible. Did he not? The, the difference between a veteran that's been there and done that and someone who's never done that, you know coaches more times than not are going to side with the veteran. Yes, agreed. Right? So, that, that's the, so, I mean, you ask the questions, and the answers are, are what we talked about each week leading through the season. He wanted to keep his job, and that's why Andy Dalton was a starter. He, he said, Andy's going to give us the best chance to win because Andy's going to be the guy that's going to help me keep my job. Correct. That's that's why because with Justin it would have been like oh we got to mold and shape this kid we got to teach him the game I, I don't want this to be a Jacksonville Jaguar situation and it kind of was in some ways right correct kind of was kind of was yeah with Justin Fields we still don't know after this season if he's going to be the guy I hope that he is that he's the guy but look at all the rookies outside of Mac Jones not great in their first years the the rookie class correct and Mac Jones has hit a wall a little bit. Mm -hmm. Still going to be a very solid player. I read an interesting article. It was one of the Boston sites I go to. They said that they truly wanted Justin Fields. That's the guy they had identified. Mm -hmm. And that Josh McDaniels loves Justin Fields. Like, that guy can be a really good pro quarterback. To talk to Josh McDaniels, if he can get what he got out of Mac Jones and he thinks he can do better with Justin Fields, let's go. Let's talk. All, all I know is that Justin Fields could be the guy, but he can't be the guy without weapons. You, he's not Tom Brady making you know water out of wine. It's it's not that simple. Correct. It's just it's just not you. You have to have weapons in an offensive league.
I, I would love to say, you know, the Bears could just do the, you know, just run the football the entire time, and that will be the hallmark of their offense. Screw that. I, got, I want the ball in the air September through November. And then I'll run. <laughs> <laughs> then, I'll, then I'll run it in December, January. Does it make any sense to let Matt Nagy coach the rest of the year and continue to be empowered to make the Jason Peters over Tevin Jenkins decision? The Artie Burns over Thomas Graham decision. Right. The we'll see what happens at quarterback this week decision. To, to go back to... Dalton over Foles, which I had absolutely no problem with, and I can't believe anyone had a problem with, but just the idea of like that was the guy who was first on the depth chart at the beginning of the year, so when he's healthy, goes back to him over Foles. To make those types of decisions if you are keeping Ryan Pace. What I mean is, I think that they're cleaning house because if Ryan Pace, if they were firing Matt Nagy, they'd go ahead and do it now and let Ryan Pace And let Ryan Pace... Get more of an evaluation of Tevin Jenkins. But why would I get why Matt Nagy would want to stubbornly try to win games on his way out the door as long as he is empowered? Hey, uh-huh. if you let me coach the team, Jason Peters is better than Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. Tevin Jenkins' future is no longer my problem, but my ability to get another job is very much my and my family's concern. So if I can say, hey, I, I had a winning record in the aggregate over four years with the Bears. I finished with a three-game winning streak. Like, you know, it makes me attractive for other jobs. Yeah, you understand why he's trying to win games. I completely get it. But Ryan Pace should be thinking bigger than that. And that's the entirety of his job, unless he's not going to be able to do his job. He's not interviewing anybody. Right, they, they didn't fire Matt Nagy to, to take advantage of the ability to interview right. other coaches. I I think that a week from today, Ryan Pace is out too. Okay, um, because it it wouldn't make any sense to make this whole thing go down this way. And I know what you'll say. I already know what's that. What's well, the Bears? Well, but but here's but, but Why, since when has it made sense? But right? it, it's more it's more than just. It's nonsense. I think there is a specific thing that goes on here, which other guests of ours have referenced. Boomer has referenced Hub and Pompey, and 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 I think this is how they feel. I think they believe it is a badge of honor to finish the relationship well and not fire a coach in the middle of the season. Somebody like Matt, who they like, they genuinely like, they think he's a good man, and I think he is. They are, 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 are a franchise led by people who want to be good people. By the way, the stuff they did for Jeff Dickerson, absolutely beautiful. They're classy. They it's, are yeah. classy, and I think they are hung up on being trying to be classy and trying to make sure it is a good relationship, and they fail to realize that you can lead fearlessly, truly, and honestly, and do the right thing and still be good people. You can. You can say to Matt Nagy, you've been terrific, man, but we're going to have to move on right away, and I think you'll understand why, so we can make good decisions for us and start to do. I think they're so hung up on being classy and treating Matt well, that it is absolutely possible that Ryan Pace is going to stay and still this awkward, passive-aggressive, you know, tug has led to Matt Nagy being able to go down with business as usual. It's definitely possible. I just, it would seem to be incongruent, in conflict with how you've let this thing play out. If you're firing them both at the end of the year, then there is no real advantage 
to firing Matt Nagy with a couple of games to go. Because you don't have the guy in place who's going to choose your next coach. Who's going to choose your next coach anyway, and then who knows if your next personnel guy, what they're going to like, and all that stuff. But if you're firing everybody, and then you just, the next guy's going to come in, and maybe he'll like Justin Fields, maybe he won't. You know, obviously he will start with Justin Fields next year. Like, that's happening regardless. But if you're changing everything on the football side, everything's in play. Yeah, that, well, that's what you can hope for. Matt Nagy is going to get fired for one reason. No offensive production. They hired an offensive coach. They didn't score points. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to get fired for it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and, 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 I, and I think he gets it. Like I, I, there's nothing about how Matt Nagy has carried himself here, where he's like, "Yeah, I was, I'm operating under the assumption that I'll be coaching the yeah. last two games of the year." That guy knows he's, you know, he's got one game left. He it's knows just, he's done. Yeah, it's 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 just so obvious what he is, which is just a coach who knows one way to do it. Just knows one offense. That's yeah. all he ever learned, all he ever knew, and he just wanted and still wants to go down, you know, swinging with that offense. He wants to be the guy. That throws passes out of the wildcat <laughs> and lines up, you know, Kyrie's Tonga at fullback. You know, he wants to be that guy. Yeah. And that's then that's what he's going down as. Now the question in terms of letting him do it all the way to the end, I think it's absolutely possible that the Bears are just doing the like, well, he's he's a nice man and we wouldn't want to embarrass him here at the end, which Yikes. is a crappy way to leave. Yeah, it's not how you should We know where this is headed. Matt knows where this is headed. Matt's been more uh, reflective in his press conferences and the big picture and, and everything like that. He knows he's gone, but is that it? And I think that's the, the major question. What will the mood be? Will it be, hey, we're getting rid of a coach and we're analyzing everything else? Is it, hey, we've been working on this for the last several months. Ryan Pace is still our guy and he's going to get another coach. Is it going to be, Hey, Ryan can't do the current job that he's doing, but we want him to take over for Ted because we think he's better than Ted at least. I would not vote for one, two, or three there. Do you have another option? Yeah, the other option is, hey, we've looked long and hard at this, and as much as we like them as people, we have to move on from Matt and Ryan and Ted. I'm beginning to feel like the appetite for for complete and total change is not nearly as... They're not nearly as hungry for that as I initially had hoped. I hope they prove me wrong. Three of Ryan Pace's quarterback acquisitions were active in yesterday's game. Justin Fields was not. Okay, Mike Lennon, as we know, was basically his, was that his first swing? At it may not have even been his first swing. Because I think well, his first swing was, was or did he sign he, before he, Mitch? He stayed he signed, with Jay. He, he stayed with Jay originally. Okay. And who did he sign? The uh, backup quarterback? Chase Daniel? No, the, the guy who was in New England and then Houston. Oh, uh, Brian oh, Hoyer. Brian Hoyer, yeah. right? Wasn't Hoyer a, a Brian Pace Could signing? So anyway. You want some Matt Barkley for that? <laughs> no? So the, the big swings, though, were Mike Lennon. $18 million, 18 and a half, I believe, is what the Bears ended up paying him. It was all guaranteed. It was what? Guaranteed. It was a three-year deal, but he had $18 million guaranteed, and he was let right. go after one. So I think they paid him 18 or 18 million, eighteen or eighteen and a half million dollars. Andy Dalton was the other, our starting quarterback, the Bears starting quarterback, $10 million. And the backup for the Bears was Nick Foles, who the Bears have committed $21 million to. Um, that runs through next year. All totaled, that is just shy of $50 million. That's $50 million of quarterback money that Ryan Pace committed to Nick Foles, Mike Lennon, 
and Andy Dalton starts for that $50 million. Nick Foles, eight starts. Mike Lennon, four starts. Andy Dalton, five starts. Said farts. That is 16 total starts in which he has paid nearly $50 million for. Now let's go further and let's say calculate money per win. Money okay, so so we're already like at $3 million per start per player, right? If they're making just shy of 50 and they've played started 16 games, those three, you're basically paying them $3 million per start. Mike Lennon won one game in his Bears tenure. Andy Dalton is the king of the mountain. He has won now three games as a Bears starter. And Nick Foles, in his two plus his two years, has won two games. Those three quarterbacks who have made nearly $50 million have won the Bears six games. Do the math on that, yeah, Waddle, per win. Yeah, that's, that's... What are we talking about? Eight and a half million per win? Per win? And we're wondering why there's not enough money for offensive linemen? When you want it, you want to know why they don't have a left tackle? Because they're paying $50 million for terrible quarterbacks. And yet this guy could get, this guy could get promoted. Like, it seems to me like Bears fans are, are pretty much in agreement on, on Matt Nagy. But the Ryan Pace discussion tends to be a little bit more back and forth because I think you can find solid arguments on both sides. It's not, I mean, with, with Nagy, the results are, are speaking fairly clearly for themselves. And a lot of things that seem so directly attributable to coaching staff failures in terms of what they've done with the players that they've had. But you could look at this bears roster and find a lot of things that, that Ryan pace has done well, not only what they have right now, but just over his tenure, since he took over in 2015, particularly, I think we think about the, the, the draft steals, come to mind but really when you look at his draft classes as a whole he tends to pretty much hit consistently on two picks it's not always the top pick but usually about two draft picks per class so 2015 is first draft goldman in the second round amos in the fifth round solid second draft you get i mean you can start to pivot a little bit here but leonard floyd cody whitehair yeah you know pretty pretty good i mean Kwiatkowski was a starter for the raiders and had started some games for the bears but sort of in that conversation jordan howard still an nfl running back as well. So there's there's some there, but mainly Floyd and Whitehair in terms of guys that panned out to be starters. The following year, 2017, the Trubisky draft, Eddie Jackson, Tariq Cohen, both solid contributing NFL players. And certainly the jury not completely out on what Mitch Trubisky could still be as a right now a backup, but maybe looking to get back to starting. I mean, we're not going to get into that right this second, but like, you know, there's there's still still at least two solid starters from that class. Then 2018, you got Roquan Smith and James Daniels and Bilal Nichols is is a starter, we maybe not as stellar as we thought right away, but still a, a quality player coming out of that draft class. Then 2019 is different because they didn't have a first or a second round pick. You still get David Montgomery in the third round. The rest, not so much, but it's a, a smaller sample size there. It's not quite a, a full draft class to really hold Ryan Pace to you know needing to find two great players in, in the third through seventh round. Not realistic there. Then you know 2020 is and 2021 are still very young players, but you got the likes of you know, Jalen Johnson and Darnell Mooney really in that 2020 class. And now, you know, Fields, Jenkins, Borum looking pretty good. Khalil Herbert also looking pretty good. We saw flashes from Thomas Graham too, right? He, he's had 
some real hits in the draft, particularly in those you know fourth and fifth round type ranges where most other general managers don't tend to have that success. And generally speaking, no general manager is truly great in the draft. Every general manager has pretty bad draft misses, you know, some to, to larger degrees than others, certainly. But like to, it's, Diane Pace, I think, is at, at worst, you know, average compared to other GMs in terms of some of the things he's been able to find in the draft. There's there's certainly frustrations there that we'll get to in a little bit. But like even like Mitch Trubisky, for example, right, you, you can it's, it's really easy to kill him for having a number two overall pick and failing. Sure. Absolutely. But I will say that in 2017, it was at the time draft analysts and the draft community had talked about it being a quote unquote weak quarterback class. That's how it was perceived at that time. Obviously, Mahomes plays out differently, but more so when you if you take hindsight out of it and put yourself back into 2017, certainly, you know, I didn't have Mitch Trubisky as my top quarterback per se, but other people did other prominent NFL draft evaluators and, and other NFL teams also had Mitch Trubisky as their number one quarterback. It was not clear to anybody that Patrick Mahomes was going to be as phenomenal as he was. And so not to say that like, not to say Mitt Ryan Pace deserves zero blame for taking Mitch or that that's for, you know, excusable or whatever you want to call it more so to say that it, it could have been a number of GMs in that spot. And it was not like he went rogue and made some wild decision that no one was expecting Mitch Trubisky to be drafted that high. I mean, it, it was in the realm of possibility that any number of teams potentially could have considered. And so then you add on top of that, just, you know, more bigger picture. Ryan Pace had a lot to clean up when he came in. He was cleaning up the mess of the, the Mark Tressman era. The defense was, was pretty bad, gutted from a lot of that talent. And the offense was still sort of in transition as they moved out of the the Jay Cutler era there was kind of rough. And, you know, he's, he, he was able to get some pretty solid free agents in there over the years. I mean, he built that 2018 Bears defense that was so good. I mean, almost every player in that lineup was brought in by Ryan Pace, not inherited from the previous general manager. I mean, it was pretty much just Kyle Fuller, if I'm not mistaken. Everyone else drafted or signed as free agents by Ryan Pace as the Bears general manager. And he deserves credit for that. And plus, We've sort of seen these gems that he's pulled out uh, sometimes out of nowhere. You know, Cameron Meredith as an undrafted free agent had a couple of good years. Bryce Callahan, Prince Mukamar was a fine free agent signing. Allen Robinson was a fine free agent signing. And then you get the young defensive lineman like Roy Robertson, Harris, Nick Williams, Mario Edwards coming to Chicago playing well. You know, grabs Haha Clinton Dix, Josh Sitton, some of these veterans that played well. And even this year, you know, Jason Peters off the street, Ryan Pace able to find him. You know, he was available for any team to sign. But Pace goes and gets him and you know, clearly I think pays off to some degree for this Bears offensive line with Tevin Jenkins hurt. And now I think we're at the point where you got to give Pace credit for Robert Quinn working out too, right? As much as we were ready to kill Ryan Pace for Robert Quinn not being very good last season and looking like a monumental free agent bust, all of a sudden he's your franchise leader in single season sacks. I mean, that again has to kind of reflect positively on the general manager. Like obviously it seems like the coaching staff has not been able to fully adapt to some of the talent that Ryan Pace has provided for them. You know, I mean, he certainly has free agent misses, just like he does have draft misses. But again, every general manager has free agent misses. It's why it's kind of viewed as not a solid team building strategy to purely just build through free agency. That's not what Ryan Pace does, but it's just to say that like that that's sort of also partially what comes with the territory that yes, 
any GM the Bears bring in are, are going to have draft misses and free agent misses. But Ryan Pace has found some real gems in the draft and found some pretty solid free agents. Has there ever been in this town, in any of our collective experience, a general manager of a major professional sports team who has been, for, for whatever period of time, this much of a coward with this little accountability for any of it. I, I don't know that he is cowardly in not dealing with the public more than he does. Not I think just it, that, though. It's cowardly in, 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 in never expressing and owning a vision for your see, football see, though, team. I, I, I don't know that I would call it cowardly. I would think that it's just short-sighted. I don't think he understands the value and the way that he could use perception to affect his reality. I don't think he's ever respected that. I think that's a blind spot systemically at Hallis Hall and, and and of the Chicago Bears. And I think that Ryan Pace is just the latest, most obvious example of that. I, I think that when you look at the best we've ever seen, it's got to be Theo. Yes. Who could come in and explain what the plan is. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. Very cogent thoughts on everything. I will explain why we did that. Here are the variables. Here, here's what I we mean, don't know about what we're and, doing. And, yeah. and the, you know, when you when you explain <laughs> to the public, yeah. you are giving away, you are taking away all the doubters because you sit there and you marvel at the way that. Okay, so that's what that explains that, and that's why this happened. And look, you you're not going to be winning. surprised by anything. No, you don't. You're not. You're not going to know. We're not going to know anything you don't already know. I can remember talking to Theo Epstein. This was in Arizona early on, and him basically telling me, and the, like he was telling everybody, he was communicating the message one person at a time. We're going to stink. There's no value in finishing in second or third place. I can write your columns for you. Right. Well, I basically said <laughs> he that. Did. He, he literally and, and he, said he that. Did, yeah. He did for years, and. I thank him for that in retrospect, yeah. but but he basically announced the plan. Yes. Then they stunk, yes. and when they were bad, it wasn't like anybody was surprised because he warned us all along. The biggest thing to me is probably that it's not so much that the, the GMs here talk and that they have a vision, because I don't necessarily remember anybody saying, this is our mission statement. This is how many of this roster position we want to carry. This is how we want to build the identity. But I, I do think that the Bears protect him. Well, they, they protect him. They listen, don't say you need to talk no, to No, they the enable media. him. Yeah, they, don't, nobody, they don't protect him as much as they enable him. Enabling is protecting Yeah, okay, it's the same well, thing. No, it's uh, but, different. But, well, I, they, to they, me, in the, this case... Layla, I would disagree with that. You'd have to get a search party together if you wanted to fire him. <laughs> <laughs> the guy could avoid you, you for a good month and also, a half before also you get rid of him. They, they're protecting him suggests that that is their stated plan. I don't think they have a stated plan. Listen, Excuse me, he's been the GM for how many years? Doesn't matter, Layla. Institutionally, they don't respect the power of perception. They don't know what they don't know. I can talk to you and I can cite NFL executives that I'm still in contact with that marvel at the Bears' incompetence at the PR level and their inability to manage the message better than they do. I just sit here and got to listen to all of you go around the horn, so I would like to speak my piece on this. What I am trying to say is 
when you're when you're allowing this to happen, when you're allowing him to hide like he does, and when you're allowing him to pass off all parts of his job to other people in the good parts, which I don't really know how high the highs have been, and the bad parts, which we all know how low they've been, and you ignore the one measuring component of this, which we all see every day, which is the scoreboard, then yes, you are protecting him by not letting him talk. We all know the phrase, give yourself, give that person enough rope to hang themselves, right? Mm. It's jarring and something you don't want to say. But you do it sometimes because everybody else needs to see what you're seeing. And they don't let him do that. They protect him. Close it out against Minnesota. And probably the last game for Mike Zimmer, we were discussing earlier, is Rick Spielman in trouble? And if he were, wouldn't this be an excellent landing spot? Wouldn't Rick Spielman knowing the division as he does with the experience he has, having been here before, knowing the family. I mean, could they solve all their problems just by getting him here? Well, it depends on what you want. And, look, I like Rick. I know Rick. Rick's always been good to us. He's always available for interviews and whatnot. But you look at the body of work, and this is the bigger question that the Vikings' ownership has to ask. What is it that they're striving for? Are they striving to finally win a championship and match the one that's in Hallis Hall from 1985? Or are they content to be just good enough, to be relevant in December and early January, to be in the playoff chase? Maybe one year you make it, one year you don't. Maybe two years you don't. Then you make it. You win a wild card game, or you don't. But you never have that dominant team. You don't go all in like we see the Rams do. I think the Vikings are just kind of content to be relevant and competitive, but they don't have that overriding desire to be dominant. And I think that kind of summarizes the last 15 years under the Wilfs and under Rick Spielman as the GM. And it'll be interesting to see what the Wilfs do. Now, you could do a lot worse than that, as the Bears have. So, you know, you could, you could bring in a regime that will, you know, that will, will keep you uh, in the neighborhood of 10 and 7, 9 and 8, and maybe get to the playoffs, maybe you don't, or, or you strive for something more. And, and I'd be more fascinated by the possibility of bringing Pete Carroll to town if he gets fired by the Seahawks, because I think the Bears make perfect sense as an immediate landing spot for Pete Carroll, because the Bears could do and have done a hell of a lot worse than what Pete Carroll did for 10 years in Seattle. The beauty of their situation is... You can always upgrade pretty easily. But the problem is when you got choices, you eventually got to choose one, and you worry you're going to make the wrong choice. There you have it. This week's edition of Media. A lot of material there to react to. Dan, where do you want to begin? What made an impression on you? Uh, the one thing that – I'm sorry. I mean, I cut you off. The one anything? thing I was dying to like, interrupt it almost and mm-hmm. say, like, Lauren Cox is like saying like, haha, Clinton Dix was a good signing. Yeah. You know, and I also want to say I used Lauren's portion of his show where he pointed out Pace's positives, but he also had a, a segment where he pointed out Pace's negatives. But so, uh, so many of the other Chicago broadcasters were doing that. I needed somebody to kind of offset. So that's why Lauren was there, and I thought he did a good job for the most part of presenting some of Pace's successes, but I didn't agree <laughs> with yeah, a I lot of it. Clinton Dix. I mean, yeah, that was awful. I, I wanted the Bears to draft him in 2014 Me too, yeah. over Kyle Fuller at the time, mm-hmm. but when we brought him in at 19, it's not like you played that well. No. He uh, was average at best and clearly – 
there's been something wrong with him. He may not be a good locker room guy. He may not be a good practice guy. He There's something wrong with him because he has jumped from team to team to team. And I don't think he has an NFL job now. So uh, something has happened to HaHa Clinton Dixon. It was weird because his rookie season with Green Bay was outstanding. And, uh, yeah, and I had uh, I had high hopes for him, too, coming out of Alabama. But let's start with uh, Andy Dalton. Okay, can I mention one more thing? Oh, please, please. Oh, yeah, uh, the floor is I yours. I loved Layla defending herself <laughs> against all the guys. Yes. <laughs> She's like, I've listened to all you motherfuckers go around the horn, <laughs> and I right. want to tell you why you keep interrupting me and misconstruing <laughs> what I'm trying to convey. This is what I'm really saying. Yeah. Good that, job, Layla. Yeah, and that's David Hall. He has this thing about interrupting people. If you remember, the Akeem Hicks basically told yes, him, you know, hey, you interrupt me one more time, I'm, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, I think she was that was targeted towards David more than anyone else. David what else? who blocked, famously blocked me on Twitter for no reason. Yeah, I'm going to try to get him on this show. I know it might be a little late for him since he gets he, his show starts at 5 a.m. But I'd like to I like to talk to him. Um, what else struck you? Uh, I well, far be it for me to defend the Vikings, but as I was listening to Mike Florio, I where's G Greg Gabriel? We need him, but uh, <laughs> I I don't think it's fair to say that Minnesota has been complacent. They went to yeah. the NFC Championship game and lost to the Eagles, mm -hmm. and they took a big swing by signing Kirk Cousins. Now. We can all demean Cousins and say that he sucks, but statistically this season, he's having a fine year. Every and season we, he has a fine year. He's a good fantasy football quarterback if you're into that. If but, we had a quarterback that it, it's going to finish with 30 touchdowns and like 10 or 12 interceptions in Chicago, we'd be beating our dicks. <laughs> exactly. You know, we'd be like, yeah, we got a Pro Bowl quarterback now. So, mm -hmm. I mean, he hasn't won the games that they had hoped. Right. But I do think Minnesota was aggressive by paying him all that money. I mean, his first contract was something like $30 million guaranteed, if you recall. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that it was fair to say that Minnesota is complacent. I don't know that I want Chris Billman's brother as the GM, mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily think that it's fair to paint them as being happy to turn a profit. Uh, and finally, I was thinking, were, were they suggesting that Pete Carroll would be the GM? Or the coach. The coach is, I think, what Florio was uh, suggesting. I mean, Pete's pretty old. Yeah, that is. I, mean, I don't want to me. be an ageist, but do you want to? Remember, we had to say, well, not you and I, because I wasn't here yet on the the barroom network. But uh, everyone thought the same thing. Like, ooh, John Fox is pretty old when he was hired, and he's like a decade younger than Carol now. Yeah, isn't Pete like seventy two? Seventy one. Uh, J Rock says on on the chat room. Yeah, so I, I don't know if that's a a good hire, although I don't want to shit on him because he's gone to two Super Bowls and should have won two Super Bowls. I mean, he's just a handoff away and decided to throw it for like he did a Matt Nagy. Let's throw it from the half yard line, you know. <laughs> but, Foster has but, a question for you. Uh, where would the Bears be if they had uh, cousins since 2018? Hmm. I didn't want them to sign him, and I was glad that they didn't. Mm -hmm. But maybe in hindsight, maybe I was wrong. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you have Kirk Cousins in the playoff game against the Eagles, so although to be fair, Mitch didn't have a bad game by any stretch, but maybe maybe we win that game. I, I don't know. It's it's. I don't mean to avoid the answering the question. If I had to just come on and say it, I would say 
he would probably be worse if he had been here just because of the coach. Yeah, I, I think Cousins would have had this team in a better position, but he still – I mean, he, he's got a lot of effing weapons in Minnesota, man. I mean, starting at the running back position, Dalvin Cook is a special player. He reminds me of uh, Steven Jackson, who used to play for the Rams with that power running uh, with speed. And Justin Jefferson, I mean, that guy is a stud. And before they oh, yeah. had Stephon Diggs – I mean, he's had some good weapons, so maybe Cousins to Chicago wouldn't have been great because he wouldn't have had the same weapons. He would have had A-Rob, and that's not enough. I mean, he's got a lot of effing weapons, so probably uh, not as good as he's done with Minnesota is my opinion on that. Um, let me Especially give you a- when he has a better coach. Yeah, <laughs> up, up there than he does down here. Would I'm, have down here. I'm much better. Well, and it's funny too because John D. Filippo was his offensive coordinator for about. And they what? thought that he wasn't good enough, and they got rid of him for about ten games. They fired him about ten games into the season. Um, what did you think about the decisions decision to start Dalton over uh, Foles? I mean, we talked about this already, right? Yeah, horrendous decision. Okay. It made it feel like a preseason game to me. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, you started the show with that. Yeah, I forgot. Um, what about the Jenkins-Peters situation? They were talking about that in the media clips. Do you think that Jenkins should have started over Peters? That's a difficult one because Peters has played well enough to this, uh, this season despite the fact that he's 39. I could see the Bears giving him a veteran you know, a minimum contract for next, next season? season, at least an invite to camp. Yeah, well, if he wants to play again, fucker was just fishing two weeks before the start of the season. He starts and game he's off. done well, I think he has. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I could see them saying, Hey, if you want to hang on for one more year and help our kid along here, I could see that. So if that's the, the mindset that maybe he would be back, then I could see. You know, because we don't, we still, at least I never heard the extent of Jenkins' shoulder injury. Did they say what it was? Was it a stinger? Did they say? Yeah, it was they a didn't get in. They didn't get into any of the details. Um, See, we, we don't know how bad his shoulder was either. Right. So, well, but if, he, if he's activated, he should be able to play. I mean, there there are other guys that could have been the backup left tackle. You know, I, I don't know. I, I I feel maybe it was Nagy's like, fuck you to management. I'll just play all the veterans well, because I, I'm getting fired anyway. He wants to win. You know, I mean, that's he doesn't give a shit about player development because he ain't, ain't going to be here next season to to wonder what about Tevin Jenkins and Thomas Graham and uh, Daz Newsome and all these guys, uh, uh, Jesper Horstead, all these guys that should be getting playing time. He doesn't give a shit because he won't be here next season. So that's the issue. Well, that's what we hope. So let me ask you this, because I was talking to Buffon and Tyler about this. If Ryan Pace is coming back if next he's season, coming. <laughs> he's, coming. <laughs> he's probably coming in Nagy's. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's really fighting for his job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if Ryan Pace returns next season as the general manager, isn't it his duty to uh, tell Nagy, hey, I, I want you to start some of the young guys? You know, I know you want to win badly because you want to walk away with a two, three game winning streak, but it's important for me to evaluate these guys. I mean, I think that 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 he should have done that, don't you? That that is certainly an arguable point. But if you're Nagy and you're thinking, 
well, this fucking guy uh, is going to tell me what to do now, and I'm probably out the door anyway. I'm going to do it the way I want. Yeah. On the way out. Yeah. Because uh, I think he's also wanting to say, like, see, I'm starting Andy because that's who I wanted all along anyway. And this is what we could have done with Andy. And then, but every time Andy plays, you're like, ooh, not a good signing. And, so, that, and that's the question I was going to ask you about Andy Dalton. If Andy Dalton doesn't get hurt game two and he continues to play throughout the season and let's say every week, what's the Bears record? Ooh. I mean, we're, it's so weird to say six and 10 and there's still one more game left, mm -hmm. uh, but we're six and 10 now. Right. I, I mean, maybe fields was so good in the Pittsburgh game. I still think right now we should be seven and nine. And I can't say that Dalton would have done any better than fields as a rookie. Like fields played so well against San Francisco on, on Halloween, but it's the turnovers looked, though. It's, yeah, it's no, I'm just saying Fields has had a couple of moments this year mm -hmm. where he played well enough and the, the games just got away from them. Mm -hmm. But I, man, Dalton's, Dalton's uh, inability to throw like sideline routes. Now, everything he throws seems really slow and the corner can break on it. And yeah. he throws a lot of passes like the comebacks uh, on the ground. Mm-hmm. A lot of them hit the ground because like, he's he being cautious. He he sees that the guy isn't totally open, so he's being cautious and throwing it at a place where it won't get intercepted. But I just don't think he has the arm strength anymore. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not he doesn't have the arm strength like he used to, and is not nearly as good as Justin Fields. But I just I think that his veteran experience has taught him you don't turn over the ball, you don't turn over the ball, and so. Because of that, I think they would have won two more games that uh, if he would have played all 17 games. So if the Bears. I, I won't say that. I'm not trying to say, oh, you're wrong because none of us will ever know. But right. I'll meet you there mm -hmm. if Foles starts. Really? You think the Bears are nine and, and what, eight with Foles starting? Foles, man. Uh... <laughs> Foles is still, I mean, I don't, again, I don't know if Foles is like a starter starter because he can't really move that well, but neither can Dalton. Uh, but I would say, and I'm not just trying to base this off because of, he won in Seattle. Uh, it just, it feels like to me, if you say, you know, which one would you rather have starting Foles or Dalton at any point of this season, I would go with, with uh, Nick Foles hmm. and his giant cock. You love that giant cock, don't you? He's big dick Nick, right? For a big dick Nick. Um, the envious. Like, I wish I were big dick Dan. I'm like, okay, dick Dan. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, going back to Lauren, I had a couple of notes here. Uh, he talked about uh, the weak quarterback class. Uh, when Trubisky came out, he was making, he was kind of making an excuses for the Trubisky pick and Lauren was working here at the bar room during that time. He, we did a show with him, Jose Cotto, Phil uh, Toshin, Shane Marshall. West Coast Phil? No, this was East Coast Phil. <laughs> oh, but didn't he have Phil. West Coast Phil then too? There was, I, I, I think he came the year afterwards because uh, oh. I don't think uh, West Coast Phil and Lauren ever worked together. But anyway, um, that, we spent all season – preparing for that draft, knowing that the Bears were going to, you know, bring uh, select their next franchise quarterback. And Lauren had 
Trubisky rated number two overall. He had the kid from Clemson, the guy that likes fingers up his ass when he's getting a massage, Deshaun Watson, <laughs> and so did Phil. And I forgot who who Shane had at, at number one, and I forgot who. who Didn't he like Kaiser? He he liked Kaiser, but I'm not sure he wanted him, you know, as the second or third overall pick. Um. And I was the only one that, you know, liked Mahomes just because I saw something special in the guy and I knew that it was Texas A&M and he ran the different offense. People were scared of that. And I, but the guy had electricity. He had Brett Favre type electricity and I wanted a fucking gunslinger. And Trubisky had only one year in college and uh, Deshaun Watson threw tons of interceptions at, at Clemson even without a finger up his ass. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I think that I wanted, you know, the bears to trade down, pick Mahomes or trade back into the first round after picking a safety like Jamal Adams, because I was sick and tired of the bears just never having a good safety tandem. And, so I, I think Lauren was just kind of making an excuses for, for Pace making that mistake on Trubisky. That was a pure fuck-up. You can't paint it any other way. You don't and trade you, up one slot when there's so many other good quarterbacks in that draft. You don't do if it. You, if you recall, again, this could have been complete and utter propaganda, mm -hmm. but the Chicago Bears website, their chicagobears.com website, released a video mm -hmm. that night at the draft where Pace is on there and, you know, celebrating and, and Fox is on the phone talking uh, to Trubisky and Pace said that this was our guy that all of our scouts, all of our scouts were completely on board with and said, this was our guy. And that's why we made the move. So I don't even know. It could have been a lie, but if that were true, then the whole organization missed. Mm-hmm. Because he said that night they released a video that everybody was unequivocally on board with this pick. Except for Fox, of course. He didn't know what was happening. Exactly. And that's another fucking reason Ryan Pace needs to be fired. How can you fucking do that to your head coach? That you don't tell him what your plans are in the draft room? I mean, the this guy is... that went to two Super Bowls already, too. Yeah, exactly. I mean... He was he afraid of John Fox because he knew Fox really, really wanted Deshaun Watson and that he would probably spend time trying to talk him out of it. So if you're that fucking gutless, just like Dan Bernstein said that Ryan Pace is a coward, that's another example of what a coward Ryan Pace is, besides hiding away from the media, besides hiding away from fans, besides not articulating what his vision is, what his goals are, and how he's going to go about it. All these other reasons that he's a coward, that's another reason that you don't have the fucking guts, the balls, the deep decency to tell your head coach that you're going to fucking draft. You're going to try to move up to draft Mitchell Trubisky. That's just fucking bullshit. I would, I would have fired fucking Ryan Pace right then. I would, if I was McCaskey, I would have come down shaking his hand. Hey, congratulations on pick up uh, Mitchell Trubisky. By the way, you're fucking fired. I don't like that shit. That's not how you run a, an organization. No wonder they talk so much about collaboration now because they were a fucking afraid to have confrontations before. And that's probably what happens now. They agree. They go along with each other. Everything's hunky-dory and, and, and nothing gets done. No, nothing is accomplished. There's no progression. So you Sometimes you have to have fights, internal fights in an organization to get progress. You got to go head to head. You got to match your wits, your knowledge of the game with somebody else's wits and knowledge of the game. 
And he was afraid to do that with John Fox. So I, 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 that pisses me off, man. I, you know, I agree. And it seems like at the time that going into that season, it felt inevitable that if Fox didn't win, you know, 10 games or 11 games or something, he was going to be fired. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we thought about Nagy this season because all of us sort of thought he was gone after last year. You're mm -hmm. like, they brought him the fuck back. They're both back. So it seems, you know, that he, that he's definitely, we'd have to hope that he's definitely going after next week's game, but I could still see somehow pace surviving this. I really could. Pace uh, is going to survive. There's no doubt about it. He's probably going to get a promotion. That's this that, does seem like the guy that would send somebody else into fire. Oh, fucking a fucking a, I bet you he and Nagy haven't even talked in the last two weeks. They probably didn't even exchange Christmas presents. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like he would he would get someone else to represent him and, you know, to avoid looking you in the eyes when he kicked you in the balls. Yep. Well, I, and I was actually – I was going to try to find the press conference when they announced that John Fox was fired that morning because, I, as I recall, it, it looked like um, – <laughs> Bruce Ollie Walter Jones says, Jesus Alder, you really hate the uh, pace. But th that press conference where he where Pace announced fi uh, uh, Fox was fired, he looked like he was crying. Probably because <laughs> John Fox scared the shit out of him or something. Anyway, <laughs> the, uh, everyone in the chat room was saying, We want Tooch. We want Tooch. We want Tooch. No, they're not really saying that. <laughs> but they're, they're saying something <laughs> like that. Johnny's on Tucci. How are you? Yeah, nobody's saying that. <laughs> <laughs> how are you, baby? Right. Why do you got to wake up so early tomorrow morning? Tell us, uh, give us an insight into the Tooch personal life. Well, since the virus, I have not been in the office for, I don't know, almost two years now. So it's like I'm working from home. So it's like my you boss texted me tonight. Chlamydia problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> my boss texted me tonight. He's like, hey, don't forget, you got to come in and, and work on quilts. You know, quilts and more magazine, which sucks. Because oh. it's like the, the, the ladies who do the magazine will drop the quilts off in, in my office. Mm -hmm. and be like this yellow on this quilt is not this orange it's supposed to be more green you know or something like that and i'll have to like that know. would drive me crazy when i worked it's over not, at mcdonald's they would make such a big fucking deal over the color of the fries the fries on, on the image that we're projecting yeah. on a big screen the fries look a little green don't you think all of can, can you have your technician tweak that and so we go, go over there and pretend that we're tweaking yeah, <laughs> What, yeah, what's it, how's it look now? We didn't do shit. Oh, that's much better. Thanks, Alva. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I uh, I have to go into the office. I haven't been there in a year and a half, and I'm like totally dreading it, you know, because it's a total inconvenience on my family, you know. Because yeah, I've got one one child home and one child in kindergarten. So, so it's, like, it just, it's just for tomorrow and Thursday. Okay. So, so I, I, I'm in the process of like writing a letter to, but they keep pushing the date back. So I haven't, I haven't handed in the letter yet. Mm -hmm. of like, I, I want to request full time work from home just because of my family situation. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, my what? boss is like, yeah, but you, you know, everyone else is coming to the office to cover quilts, you mm -hmm. know, because the gal who did quilts, she got a job at McAfee and went, moved to Dallas. So we're already shorthanded and we're, 
my boss decided, oh, everybody's going to take their turn doing quilts instead of giving it to someone with no kids, you know, mm-hmm. who could go into the office. Yeah, right. Year, you know, or whose kids are all grown. Yeah. You know, so well, yeah, I'm, don't I'm get not tired happy. over it. <laughs> no, no, no. We like the, we like the job except for these small things. And I hate going to the office because it's like they have a no looking at your phone policy. Oh, it's like, nice. like, like I'm 14 years old, you know, it's like I got they my. <laughs> they don't believe in multitasking, though. Yeah, well, it's, it's just silly, you know, like like they don't trust adults to get the job done, you know, like, what are you doing on your phone, you know? Dan, when you're working 911, uh, they don't bitch at you if they see you looking at your phone, do they? No, I'm busy sending you, you know, pussy pics. And... <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. No, you got to have that stuff to, to get through all that adversity and that stress, you yeah. know? Yeah, and, and that's good that they don't care. Hey, uh, Dan's over there looking at porn. Oh, yeah, he's been really busy this morning. So he's yeah. watching Mad Men. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, wait a minute. Too, first of all, Tooch, uh, you're a fan of Mad Men? Yes or no? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, fuck you. I know. I, I, I was. I mean, I, I was in Iowa City today. I, I was like, my my uh, my mom was trying to to get a kidney transplant. You know, oh so. man, sorry about that. Yeah. We, it's like it's a terrible. It was, it was. It's actually kind of. There's some humor to the story, but it's mm-hmm. like my mom is is old, you know. So like the, the University of Iowa Medical Research Center, you know, they 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 do the transplant and stuff. They take care of all this stuff, and uh, the the guy was like, we get there, you know, my wife and I, my family, we we, we stayed overnight. You know, we went early because it's about a two two and a half hour drive from Des Moines, and uh, we went. You know, picked up my mom from Dallas and drove to Iowa City and mm-hmm. took the kids to the museums and stuff, the girls. And uh, we had to get up really early and go there because it's like a it's like taking a class if you're going to get a transplant. I know it's not boring the audience and stuff, but we get there and they're like, well, your, your, your appointment was canceled. <laughs> I was like, what? I, just, what? I, called, I called the night before and confirmed, you know, and I'm like. I'm double parked. I'm wait. I'm like the valet guys. You want me to take the car? You know, I'm like at the hospital, you know. And I'm finally going. Okay, take the car. Bring my mom in. And uh, the guy, the guy comes out and he's like, "We've been trying to call you on the phone." My mom, like, I don't know. She just like doesn't answer the phone. He's like four to five times. So I was like, "Mom, you didn't answer the phone forty-five times." They called. Oh my! But it was four to five. The guy was like, "No, four or five. You know, <laughs> like, and her voice mailbox is full and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. So we didn't actually have an appointment. And it was like, uh, so that they removed her from the list, you know, and, uh, uh, but Hey, if you, if you, uh, if you, if you find someone who's willing to donate a kidney, you know, all, all eyes are on your son. There you <laughs> you go. And my mom's like, I, I won't let you, do, I won't let you uh, donate a kidney. I'm like, I'm all right. I got two of them. Yeah. You know, I got you know, a good friend and, who gave up a kidney for a relative. Uh, I, and that, this was like 35 years ago. He's, yeah. he's living good. I, you know, uh, there's, I have a brother. It was just the two of us, my, my younger brother. And uh, I call him up and I'm like uh, telling him the story that I just told you. And I'm like, so rock, paper, scissors. And he's, like, he's like, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, you know, Chris, I just called you to, to tell you that joke. That was it. Oh, <laughs> you weren't serious. I, I think that would have been good, good way to solve that problem. <laughs> that was the so, storyline on Curb Your Enthusiasm in season five. Larry gave up his kidney for Richard Lewis. Is wow. that right? Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that really happened in in life per se, but in the storyboard of the show, it did. 
I got to tell you, I, I, I've been trying to binge through Curb because Dan loves it so much. And, and yeah. I, I've watched a lot of this season, maybe all of this season. There were some really good bo- uh, belly laughs. But, man, I, I watched season one and two. Fucking awful, man. I, you didn't like the Incest Survivor group? No, I didn't, I, I didn't particularly care for that. Oh, my God. That was the funniest shit ever. And then the second uh, season with the doll? That one... I don't remember that one. What, she's, what like, she's like the little kids, like mommy, mommy. There's oh, yes. a bald man in the bathroom. He's got something hard in his pants. That works funny. Everybody, <laughs> that everybody's was like, funny. <gasps> but he had a bottle of water in his pants, but she thought his dick was hard. EJ's <laughs> got a got a question <laughs> for her. See, but those are bits. You know, the whole thing doesn't work. Yeah, PJ's saying, did Tooch say he has a baby in kindergarten? Tooch, did you start late having kids? Actually, like also, I've been married three times. (laughs) (laughs) I have a I have a three year old too, but my uh, my current wife uh, wanted kids. You know, she didn't have any kids, so I, I I married my Filipina pen pal and brought her to the U.S. Nice and uh. Uh, Should have told her your dick doesn't work, I, man. I, I, <laughs> I forgot that part, although. Yeah. Uh, uh, I have, have a 23 year old son. His birthday is tomorrow, too. Hey, happy birthday, son. Yep. What'd you ask, Todd, then? I was asking Tooch if his uh, if his wife knew Manny Pacquiao. Oh. She is. A, she, is he he a prominent, find he's prominent over there, right? He's a yeah. fucking king of that island. He is uh, possibly will be the next president of the Philippines. Although my wife thinks he isn't quite smart enough, you know yeah, she is a, she is a huge fan of Manny Pacquiao. She's like, my wife loves boxing. It's like, you know, she likes to order the fights on pay per view and stuff too. And uh, God, did you uh, Manny Pacquiao was a Senate member of the Senate in the Philippines? That's right. Right. Did you all watch the Floyd fight live? Uh, not live. No, I dropped a hundred bucks on that fucking shit. Why would you do that? Because I wanted that Manny to win. You're watching next week on HBO Showtime. Like, <laughs> no fucking way. I, I, I will not pay that kind of money to watch a fucking fight. That could be over in round one. That's, you know, you, you better send me some fucking free porn or something. I don't know what. To pay $60, $70 for a fight? I can't do it, man. You know, I joked with uh, Tooch saying he had chlamydia or whatever. I actually stole that from Mike Tyson. Now that we're mentioning boxing, <laughs> Tyson said before his fight with Trevor Burbick that he had chlamydia and, and like he was so young and really didn't know what he had. And, and uh, he was embarrassed to tell anybody. And he was like, he went out in the ring and he just kept thinking this guy beat up Muhammad Ali when he was too old to fight. And my dick is on fire. Fuck this guy. And it was like a combination of like Burbick. Beating Ali when Ali was old and his dick burning, he that's like all his fury went on Trevor Burbick that night. 4,000 Glover says that he watched Floyd run around the ring. He doesn't know anything about a fight. <laughs> no, that's true, but uh, he won. I mean, there's no – if I was a judge on that, I, he won like 14 of the rounds. Yeah, he, and I mean, his style of boxing is very, very smart. He avoids getting hit, and so he's yep. very selective with his punches, and he just wears fighters down. It's not the most interesting boxing match in the world. I mean, you've got to be, you got to be one of these kind of snob boxing fans. Oh, it's the science. It's he's such a you know beautiful fighter and blah blah blah. And I get it. it that's your thing. It's not my thing. I want to see two guys beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> hey, he beat Conor McGregor's ass though. Yeah, he did. 
I mean, he let Conor McGregor throw everything he had, like the first two rounds, mm -hmm. kind of like Rocky with Clubber Lang in the second fight. Mm -hmm. And then, and then he opened up and it was like, if they didn't stop that, he, he could have killed Conor McGregor. It'd have been like Apollo losing to the Russian <laughs> as I keep sub-referencing Rocky. <laughs> uh, Tooch, uh, your thoughts on the bears and anything that uh, caught your eye ear uh, with the media stuff. Uh, I want to make sure you can is comment it, on some of that stuff. Is it time for uh, bears state of affairs? Oh, it's always time for bear state of affairs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here I'm, we go. I'm Tucci. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I do too. It's uh, the word of the day, although, is suspense. Suspense. That's what the Bears. The Bears oh, want us cool. to be in suspense. You know, that's why yeah. they kept Nagy. They didn't fire him during season so that they mm -hmm. could have this big reveal on Black Monday, right? That's right. <laughs> But it, it does it worry you, Toots, that it might not happen on Monday? They didn't have oh. their closing uh, uh, press conference until like Wednesday of last year, two days after Black Monday. But some people are saying hey, it's going to be Black Monday, so they'll fire him Monday. So you know, that'll probably happen. But I got a feeling that there may not be a press conference until Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, I'll be wearing adult diapers on Tuesday because I've <laughs> shit myself since you know, they, they fucking keep that guy. <laughs> there's a possibility guys <laughs> there's a possibility um that'll just ruin my ruin my bears i don't know what i don't know what i will do next year i mean i, I may just fade the bears all year no i, I you know a sunday I, I watched the game man like it just like right off the bat we're like mm -hmm. glennon sacked and blonde nichols almost scores i'm like yeah you know, where's this defense been all year? And then I was like, oh, we're playing the Giants. Right. You know? Exactly. Like, Mike Glennon. Exactly. You know, I the Giants are, are – I'm not sure that they're an NFL team. You know, tw the Bears covered by what, 26, 20, 19 points, 20 points? Did they? 26 points. What was the, I don't even remember the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, no, 26 points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Giants couldn't – you know uh, – I first thought, you know, like the, the defense played well, you know, and uh, David Montgomery played really well, ran hard. You know, the interception was unforgivable, though, that he threw. But yeah, oh he's my still... God. <laughs> the play calling, <laughs> the play calling, yeah, the play calling again. We can always, that's one thing about the Bears, you can always count on pointing the finger at the play calling as long as Matt Nagy's head coach. Oh, man. Right. Well, and it's, all, I, you know, by the way, yeah, King Bookie Nation Alpha says all those Larry David and Dan is Richard. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's good. I've got better hair then. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Richard is uh, it's almost all gone now, right? Yeah, but Larry's is gone. Oh yeah, that's me. I'm getting there. Yeah, but no, you're not bald though. Fuck, oh, come on. I'm starting to thin, man. Starting to thin. Yeah. I uh you're you're doing all right. Although when I still got the Still got the, the hair. That's all that's good. So you ever have a dream that, that you that lost your hair? The agent. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Jeff Garland. Jeff, no, Jeff would be yeah. wait. No, but so, Jeff, I've but gotten that before. Than, like taller than Jeff, though. Yeah, on this show, someone last week said Yeah, someone said I look like Jeff Garland. 
That's right. That's Did right. you see where Jeff got fired in real life on yes. that show, the, Gold, the Goldbergs, for being like a, a pervert or something? Yeah, he was fucking hitting on girls on the set and making uh, sexist comments and stuff like that. So they Apparently let him go. he got in one of them's face and just kept screaming vagina, vagina, vagina in an actress's face. What the fuck? What an idiot. He thought yeah. he was working on the Larry David set, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's something you could do there, not, not on the Goldbergs. He's been possessed by the spirit of Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> and that's funny because they someone thought on season uh, 10, the first episode, they kept like they were at a party and everyone was pissed off. And they're like, why the fuck is he here? And they was like, Jeff was like, everyone thinks I'm Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. That, uh, that fucking show. They should just, somebody should edit all the good gags, you know, since there's no story storyline. Every storyline is so fucking stupid. Uh, Larry yeah. always says something wrong. That's we, it. We get it. We lost Betty White. I don't know right? why you're is so down on it. I think it's like Seinfeld on no. steroids, man. I think it's so much better than Seinfeld. Really? I don't like yeah. any of the shows, to be honest with you. A good comedy for me is uh, a porn parody. <laughs> uh, Tooch, what's your favorite co comedy? Uh, well, you want to have man, a good man. laugh. What do you put on? A movie, a TV show? What do you do for a good laugh? Uh, I like I like stand up, you know. Watch a stand up routine. Uh, you like Anthony Jeselnik? I don't know him. I like you know Bill Burr and and uh, oh, Jim Gaffigan. Mm -hmm. uh, those guys got uh, Dave uh, Chappelle uh, Netflix special is pretty good. Uh, I haven't uh, seen that latest uh, show that got uh, him in trouble with uh, the trans community. I guess yeah, it's I funny. did. It's, it was, that's good. Yeah, it was so. I mean, there was a larger context to everything he was saying. And look, I'm liberal. Yeah. Everybody that listens knows. But, like, I think that they kind of hated on Chappelle for a lot. I mean, like, I guess the worst, and I, I hate to say it, but I agreed what he said. He was like, look, it doesn't matter what you say. All of us came from between the legs of a woman. Mm -hmm. Like, you might identify as a woman, but you had to be a woman to deliver the fucking child. He's like, that's not something you can just say that's an anatomical fact one way or the other but he gave this great story about how uh this transgender comedian op used to open up for him mm -hmm. and how this trans uh, transgender person uh defended him and all the transgender people attacked the transgender person for defending Chappelle mm -hmm. and that person committed suicide the the trans woman committed suicide, right? Yeah. So he, I mean, that was the context of the transgender talk within that show was that it led to his friend's suicide and how we all just need to get together. Mm -hmm. And he made a he did make a joke that's funny. He's like, so the baby went to a Walmart in North Carolina and shot somebody. Nobody gives a fuck, but the baby hurts one gay person's feelings and he's canceled. He's like, he shot somebody or he made a gay joke. Which one is worse? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what Chappelle was uh, saying. It was more like like observational right. comedy. Yeah, uh, I want to I I check it, it out. Great. I want to check it out just because of the controversy and he's a funny guy. Who else, uh, uh, Tooch, do you like uh, for comedy? Uh, uh, comedy movies, I'd say that, you know, there's some movies that uh, have really made me laugh. Uh, 
like three off the top of my head. Of course, the, the classic Caddyshack, you know, I can mm-hmm. always like laugh at that, you know. And then uh, uh, the uh, this is the end. I, I had some big laughs at that one. With uh, have you seen that one? This is the end with the uh, uh, James yeah, Seth, Franco and Seth Rogen. Yes, and, I have seen that. It's pretty funny. Yeah. What's that other guy's name? Is it? Uh, oh, uh, the guy yeah. who played Kenny Powers. So, yeah. So, it's um, so Danny, McBride? Dan, Danny McBride. Danny McBride. <laughs> Michael Sarah. There's like a it's like a yeah. huge cast. Jonah it's Hill. Huge. All their friends got together and yeah. made this like a movie. Hey Aldo, uh Danny McBride was a writer of these last two Halloween sequels. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like Danny McBride from the comedies was writing on the Halloween films. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Yeah. That's true. Well, you know, yeah. it's funny because uh what's the guy's name who was uh uh Key and Peel, and uh, he's made two horror movies that have gotten great reviews and yeah. did well at the box office. I forget yeah. which one it is, Key or Peel. <laughs> uh, Jordan Peel is the director. Okay, Jordan Peel, that's right. Yeah, the, masterful uh, director. He's really yeah, good. He's great. Uh, and the the uh, the other movie is the the I think it's called Bad Grandpa with Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> he laughs so fucking hard. It's really funny, man. <laughs> the gags that it are hilarious. Dirty Grandpa is fucking Dirty Grandpa's De Niro, right? De Niro? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. That And Zac Efron? Yeah. What's the name of the that woman that wants to have sex with Robert De Niro? Oh, fuck. She, oh, Audrey, yeah. uh, Audrey Plaza? Yeah, Audrey Plaza. Oh, my gosh. She's hilarious in that fucking movie. She should have been yes. the star. They should have written more scenes for her and De Niro. That was hilarious. Uh, she said, I want to. I want you to open, uh, tear open my shirt, my blouse, like you're trying to open up your social security check. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hilarious, man. So those I, – I imagine they must have ad-libbed a bunch of stuff. I would like to see a gag reel of, of them just – ad-lib and stuff that must be hilarious she's like i want to grab my tits but seem confused like you're trying to find the buttons on your remote control to turn it on fox news (laughs) (laughs) i gotta check out jesselneck huh anthony jesselneck is really fucking dark i mean he makes uh jokes about castrating babies (laughs) this is up your alley dan (laughs) Oh um, he's he's like the uh serbian what was the name of that movie then serbian film he's like the serbian film of stand-up comics i mean this guy is fucking dark man <laughs> i'll see if i can find a clip uh and play it in, in a little while <laughs> oh, you know, I, I forget the the guy's name who's doing mike north's movie oh wow uh, adam uh adam rifkin rifkin correct a- adam rifkin wrote a movie called mouse hunt that my kids and I watch like every Christmas. It's like really funny. Yeah, it's an animated know. movie, right? No, no, it's a it's live action. It's got uh, Nathan Lane and and Lee Evans. Okay, okay. Uh, and uh, Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really funny. It's it's like kids and uh, adults can laugh at it and stuff. But uh, and then uh, Betty White wow. passed away, and I went back and uh, uh, there was one uh, be- like uh, old lady versus census taker Saturday Night Live sketch sketch mm-hmm. with Betty White, where Betty White was hilarious, man. There was uh, if you go back and Tina Fey is a census taker, and mm-hmm. she's uh, she comes to the door of Betty White. Betty White's playing this confused old lady, mm-hmm. asking her all the census questions because she didn't fill out her census form, and she was like, you know, are you white, Hispanic, black, Pacific Islander? She's like, oh, Pacific Islander. That sounds great, but don't skimp on the rum. 
like there was a bunch of jokes like that. I would have laughed my ass off recently because I hadn't seen it in so long. But I think it was 2013. She was on host of SNL. But uh, I went back and watched it just for that sketch. Yeah, that's good. I got to check know the Betty White thing that nobody ever watched uh, was after Golden Girls got canceled. I think I've mentioned this on here before. Mm -hmm. After Golden Girls got canceled or they decided to move on or whatever, the rest of the cast, minus Dorothy, joined up with Don Cheadle and Cheech Marin from Cheech and Chong and started a show called The Golden Palace, hmm. where they're literally still playing the Golden Girls, except Dorothy's not regular. She's even on the show in a couple of episodes, Dorothy was. But yeah, Cheech is fucking in it, and a, a Don Cheadle at like 21. Wow. Well, the we Golden Palace, it lasted one season on CBS. I remember the title of that show. I I know for sure I didn't watch it because I didn't watch any of the Golden Girls stuff either. By the way, 4,000 Clovers has a really good question for you, Mr. Dan Aguirre. He says, would you, if you could be transported back to the <laughs> 1980s, would you do any of the Golden Girls? Be if off I got back to the 80s and was an adult, I'd be at Soldier Field, man. No, 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 I'd no. Be, you got to answer the question. Jersey. Would, you, would you do Betty White or B. Arthur? or? Oh, uh, if you want me to commit, I wouldn't do Dorothy. That's the one I was kind of like, it seemed like Dorothy would be, maybe, she's, she's passed on, so I shouldn't say, but to me, like, I wouldn't have been surprised if she was like the first ever transgendered person. Like, she's like, I want a dick and I want it now. I can see <laughs> B. Arthur wanting to sodomize you with a toy. So she's <laughs> you're she's the one I don't want. I guess if I, I would go with uh, Blanche just because she was the one that seemed like oh, yeah. she would be fun to fuck on the show, you know? Yeah, McClanahan, that's, that was her name. Yeah, but her character was supposed to, they, they joked about her being a whore all the time. Yeah, they did. They did. What's with, what's, what's with the new Sex in the City? The woman who was very promiscuous, uh, the, the most promiscuous oh. of that foursome is not on this reboot yeah I, I see i actually watched sex in the city back in the day because my girlfriend at the time dug it mm -hmm. so i watched a lot of it actually uh kim cattrall said that she thought that she took the character as far as it could go mm -hmm. and that she wished them well but it just felt like a, a ploy for money and not a lot of substance really so, yeah so on the new show they take a couple of jabs at her too and say that like she you know I, I like had stolen or embezzled money or some shit like they they took a couple of swings at her which were unnecessary if i were writing it i don't know if you watched that last movie they did which was just ridiculously awful no but she went into an arab country like i think it was abu dhabi mm -hmm. it was throwing sexuality at you know their culture mm-hmm uh, like dressing promiscuous and, you know, just flaunting it. Like I would have literally said she didn't make it past. She didn't make it back to America. She, she was killed. That's what I would have said. Cause that's how strong she was acting on the show, which you could have never been at disrespectful and got away with it over there. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I'm not kidding. It was supposed to be funny, mm -hmm. but it was just like, Oh, this is so unreal. It's like the Fonzie jumping the shark thing. <laughs> so they, uh, but they said that, I forget, like her character uh, wasn't friends with them anymore and like only cared about money or some crazy shit that the two references they had of her in the in the the reboot, which was kind of like a shitty jab, I guess. Hmm. 
Yeah, uh, Foster says, Dan, I would do them all, uh, starting with Estelle Kenny Foster. <laughs> she was actually the youngest of the group. She was in the That's film right. Mannequin with the guy that you hate so much, Andrew McCarthy. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, and James Peter <laughs> and Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall was in that, too. I can't believe anybody anybody would think he's a leading man <laughs> and that women would be interested in him. And he's such a bad actor. Come on. Let's not even talk about that. Hey, I got some uh, Anthony Jeselnik here. Let's take a listen to uh, some of his stuff. This is from his latest Netflix uh, uh, show called Netflix is a Joke. High school, my high school employed a blind janitor. 100% totally blind. And, and all the other kids would joke around that if he went blind for masturbating too much. <laughs> and at the time, I believed that. I was just a kid. I didn't know any better. It wasn't until I got older, wiser, I realized that's just an old wives' tale they used to use to try to explain why he was always masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> I, get one more I, I, of course, live in Los Angeles. Angeles. I've got, got a nice place, obviously. Yeah. My brother's been staying with me for a couple of weeks now, which has been awful. My brother's crazy. Even my neighbors hate him. The other day I opened up the door, I caught him masturbating. He looks me right in the eyes and goes, shut the door. <laughs> I said, get inside. <laughs> And he gets all uncomfortable. He goes, well, crowds seem to think it was funny. <laughs> but I think it's kind of weird that you've got a joke where you want to fuck me. Uh, I could listen to this guy all day. What, Mikey? No. No, Mikey, you're my brother. That's a joke about you masturbating in front of my house. And he goes, yeah. And then you're like... Get back inside. <laughs> what do you guys think? That's it, yeah. I've been dying to jump in. I have a station off here. I'll be right back. Okay. Um, <laughs> you got to listen to this guy. Uh, he's on Netflix. You can find him all over the place. Uh, he's He's been great on those uh, Comedy Central uh, roasts. He's fucking awesome on those, man. He is great. That was awesome. I... Uh... We forgot to talk about Bruno, Aldo. Uh, Bruno, the uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bruno yeah. Mars. Oh, what about Bruno Mars? I sent you like a track off of his latest album. Oh, yeah, he did with Anderson Pack called uh, Silk mm -hmm. Sonic. Yeah, and uh, you and I were reminiscing about the way stuff was back in the day, mm -hmm. you know, with uh, you know, the 70s and Soul Train and stuff like that. The, the album's great, it's I think it's produced by Bootsy Collins, who was the 
one of the members of Parliament Funkadelic and plays mm -hmm. bass on that song. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I, I, uh, my wife is a big Bruno Mars fan because he's half Filipino. Mm -hmm. I, he's he's half Puerto Rican too. That's why That's you right. like him. Yeah, half yeah. half Puerto Rican, half Filipino, and he grew up in Honolulu. What uh, a life! <laughs> it's I mean I, I don't like a lot of new music, but I mean uh, uh, Bruno Mars is one of those artists like Prince or Michael Jackson that you know is kind of retro but kind of, but original still. You know, like a, a true mm -hmm. artist. You know, I enjoy. Uh, it's one of the few current artists that I do like. Who do you like, Dan Aguirre? Uh, what a uh, pop artist? Um, yeah, pop yeah. Artist. I just sat back down, so I wasn't sure what, what you all were talking about. Although uh, and I were talking about man, I love the Halsey had that HBO special where she had that was emotion. good. Oh my gosh, I know I that was hot, so that made I me watch like that. <laughs> I watched that just to see uh, the uh, Dan's uh, uh, naked uh, pop singer scene, so but it was good, it was kind of wild. Uh, uh, uh like you know, cinema, you know the art art house cinema style mm -hmm. to it. Oh, yeah. you know who's hot as fuck is a pop singer, and I hate saying this because she was born in 1997, <laughs> and that makes should make me feel like a pervert or something. But that Camila Cabello. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I. I uh, she's a cutie. I. I've I think she's cute, right? Times. <laughs> I think she is but, cute. We need to I'll ask my chest. There's no ask doubt Dan who he thinks was the best halftime show of all time, Super Bowl halftime show. Hmm. I, Bruno Mars is up there. You two. That's, I think you yeah. two. Uh, I, 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 seen, I remember the Red Hot Chili Peppers one year. I thought was pretty good. Mm -hmm. But uh, Bruno Everybody Mars is on the top. Prince, but I was kind of pissed yeah, off. Prince, it was I like the Prince Super Bowl. We, it felt like we were losing, you know, like mm -hmm. we were losing the grip of this game and we were up yeah. 6 the rain wouldn't stop, you know. Yep. It was hard to enjoy that one, I agree. But yeah. yeah. What about Prince? Yeah, that's, that's what I was one. just talking about. Oh, I'm sorry, Bears, I asked, uh, Rolling Stones. I, you know, I didn't really pay attention to that. Like maybe I should have, but I just uh whatever. I was the if you recall during that Super Bowl the Bears had uh that's the year we lost to the Panthers and Peanut Tillman got eaten up by Steve Smith. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, so it was just kind of like the 18 team where you thought like, man, we, we, we should be here. Mm -hmm. And I, I always thought if we'd have beaten Carolina, we'd have beaten Seattle and gone to that Super Bowl. And it's just like our defense was so good. So yeah, I was still a bitter bastard during that Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, who is the halftime show Michael this year? Jackson. Maybe Michael Jackson's was really good. I mean, I'm not a yeah, Michael yeah. Jackson guy, but for stardom and, and, you know, just sheer entertainment, I mean, Michael Jackson to Super Bowl 27 was pretty awesome, you know? But did you like yeah. Janet Jackson's better, or uh, did you like Janet Jackson's nipple better, or Michael Jackson's uh, pedophilia? I can't stand <laughs> Justin Timberlake or NSYNC or any of those fucking boy bands. So if that would have been... <laughs> You know, just Janet by herself. No, nah, Justin Timberlake. I could have enjoyed that, but I, I hate Justin Timberlake. Oh, I really? hate all of his fucking music. Every goddamn song, mm -hmm. uh, he's bringing sexy back. I was, uh, fuck him. I just, I just hate him. So yeah, he ruins everything. Uh, you know, J, J Lo looked fucking hot as shit a couple uh, years ago. Yeah, I got a quick yeah. uh, uh, Timberlake story. 
uh, when I was doing work over at McDonald's, he was hired to lo- help launch the I'm Loving It campaign. And so we uh, were sent out to videotape him, ask him some questions and do some stuff for charity and stuff. And uh, we rent out this big studio in New York City, studio in New York City, and it's very spacious. He walks in with his crew and I go up. I was, I'm the director. I go up to introduce myself and he just like walks right by me and um, he pointed behind them and his big manager, big guy comes to me and says, you know, what do you need? Uh, I'll take care of it for you and so forth. And I go, well, I want to go over wardrobe with, uh, with uh, uh, Timberlake. And so we go into this room and he had this rack of about 60 t-shirts all of them just t-shirts all of them like nike or you know stupid sayings and stuff you know which is to me i was laughing because you know you think about wardrobe you think he's gonna have some shirts you can think he's gonna have some variety of things to wear no it's all t-shirts and so when i sit down to do the interview with him he was just like so fucking cold and wasn't friendly or anything it's like maybe he, he walked in with an attitude or had an argument with somebody and stuff the shoot was about an hour long and towards the last 15 minutes or so, he started to, to warm up a little bit, but you know, I thought it was very unprofessional of him. Fucking McDonald's was paying him like $10 million to help launch this campaign. And he was so uncooperative in this shoot. So I'm with you, Dan, uh, put me on the hater list. <laughs> so that reiterates my opinion. Fuck Justin Timberlake. <laughs> exactly. So for some reason, he's talented Sylvie. though. He's Mark a, Silverman loves Justin Timberlake. He's a super talented guy. Have you seen him on Saturday Night Live? The fucker is hilarious. Oh my god! I, I, I anybody that sings that fucking music, I don't have any time for you. <laughs> Some of his stuff is okay, but yeah, I agree. I don't like that. I hated Boys to Men. I hate. I know Phil was always like, "How do you hate Boys to Men?" But I know they're black, Phil, but they're still the new kids on the block. They, <laughs> they, 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 that music's not supposed to be for men. <laughs> uh, I'm not the target homophobic show. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not being homophobic. I'm just like our target audience on this show. Who's you know, if you were going to do a demographic, you know what it would be, and it's the same for their music. Their music is targeted toward women that hear that shit and get wet. Let's absolutely, absolutely. And they they hit that demographic incredibly well. I'm just not a part of that demographic, and I hate it. So, well, speaking of getting wet, I, uh, I have to run to the washroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you two boys jerk each other off for a while, and I'll be back in about five minutes. Tilch, before you got on, and I, I'd like to know—I'm I'm not trying to judge, like sway you into agreeing with me—but the thing yeah. that the worst yeah. part of Sunday for me, and I'll, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are. I just absolutely hated that Dalton started. Uh, I, well, uh, Fields wasn't healthy enough, correct? I would have gone with Foles then. Foles yeah, earned I, the start, in my opinion, because of Seattle. You still here? I was. I just walked away and I saw that two. Ch- oh, there he is. He's back now. Streamyard booted me out. I was about to say. <laughs> I was I like, what happened? I agree that Foles 
Bulls uh, earned the start, but I mean, I stopped caring about that. I mean, I, did I think Foles should earn the start? Yeah, I mean, it's he probably he would have beat the Giants, no, no question. You know, uh, he was beating the Giants without the Giants giving up yeah. all those turnovers. Yeah, uh, we may have lost without those turnovers with Dalton. The uh, this is the they're, they're having a, a a bunch of performers at this year's Super Bowl, including Kendrick Lamar, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Snoop Dogg. So that's who you'll see this year at the And I mean, we're in Eaglewood. There's no way that Ice Cube doesn't make a run in, right? Yeah. You got to have an NWA. That would be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're in L.A. They got to have Ice Cube there, too, I think. Yeah. It's how about Delcor says is full still in Nagy's doghouse, Dan? I thought that too on Sunday. Cause see, I've yeah. told Aldo a few times, and I'm not exaggerating. This year, like Nagy has killed my fandom. So oh, during yeah. the week after our show's over, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm kind of like shut down from Bears talk until Sunday. And then I didn't know who was gonna start until I turned on the game. That's true. And yeah. uh, I was expecting that Fields would play, honestly. I didn't know. And then I was like, Dalton? So I thought immediately, I was like, man, f- like N- Nagy is so vindictive that Nick Foles questioned him. And his ego, his dick is so small that he couldn't handle it and is starting Dalton. Yeah. I, something between Foles and, and Nagy, you know, it's maybe t- too much of a critic of Matt Nagy that, you know, Foles is only break glass a case of emergency. You know, the other guys are are not healthy. You know, that's it. But yeah, I would. I, I would have liked to have just seen Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields would have beat the Giants too. But my biggest regret is that I didn't bet on the Bears to cover six and a half points. I was like, I, I wasn't sure. You know, I've been so I, I laid off the game. Then it was like, oh boy, it's like fourteen nothing, like right off the bat within like. Now five minutes, you know, was, Bears up fourteen. I was like, uh, missed a golden opportunity to make some uh, money on the bet. But uh, we got the uh, the Vikings coming into town, Dan. Or uh, sorry, we're going to we're going to Minnesota, right? Yeah, we always finish up there. It's been like yeah, seven of the last ten years. The last game is up there for some reason. Yeah, uh, and Kirk Cousin missed. Kirk Cousins missed the last game, and you know the Packers blew him out. Uh, I expect Cousins will be back for this game, and uh, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure they've been eliminated, right? The uh, I I don't know that either, uh, but I will say this: Yeah, they're seven and nine. Bears, the Vikings. So if the Bears play. Number nine or number one, we have a chance to win that game. If 14 starts, we're going to lose. He can't play. I'm sorry. He can't play anymore. He's a nice guy. He got his $10 million. Have fun being a backup elsewhere next year. We wish you well. He seems like a great guy. Just like Matt Nagy seems like a nice guy. But uh, I don't want to see Dalton play Sunday at all. I just I want Fields to play, but I don't want him to get hurt. Yeah. Get through the game, get a win, and let's move on. But I'm Did terrified, it, terrified that Nagy's going to be back. Oh, me too. 
Yeah, so the suspense is is awful. You know, normally I like suspense. <laughs> With this, it's like this suspense that can ruin your your fandom. You know, for the Bears, it's like that's why my my state of affairs word of the day was suspense. It's like if, I, I, uh, if he's back, Dan, I don't. I don't know if what you do. told me that to get rid of Nagy, we had to keep Ryan Pace, I would say, okay. Yeah, me too. How much I want Nagy gone. Yep. Like, I haven't wanted a coach fired this much since Tressman. Who do you want to replace Nagy? You got a choice? What about Pete Carroll? <laughs> what about like, – here's an interesting name because I heard it in the montage. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not to what I'm about to say. But I'm, I'm not even advocating for it. I'm just asking what you think. What about if Vi- the Vikings do cut Mike Zimmer or they fire Mike Zimmer? Like, that would be an interesting person to bring down just to talk to, just to see what they think up there, you know, like giving give him an interview. I'm not saying we should hire him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I He's a good D coordinator. Maybe we keep Desai. I don't know. I'm not a huge Desai guy, but we have gotten a lot of sacks this year. Let me ask you guys this. Do you think Sean Desai could be a good head coach? No, not right now. But maybe in the future? Maybe in the future, but I don't if you told me Desai was the new coach, I I would be really oh fuck. That's what I would think. Another I, oh, guy man. learning on the job kind of thing, huh? I no, I want a guy that's like done it, man. I my wet dream would be Mike Tomlin has resigned in Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, that's the guy we go mm-hmm. after. Like get Mike Tomlin here, the guy that's not going to take any fucking shit, you know? Or, you know what? I'll answer your question. I know you're going to disagree with me. Fuck it. I'll go on a limb. Bring back Jim Harbaugh. Uh, it's, it, I knew it because there's a bunch of other people in the chat room are saying the same name. And Tooch yeah. is, is nodding his head, too. And I'm like, they're all in the chat room. Yeah. I, 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 me, uh, I, I mean, they Josh McDaniels is, a, is, is an intriguing name to me. You know, he, he had, he has been a head coach. We can all agree that there's nobody at House Hall that could be a head coach. Are we all in agreement? There's nobody, right? Um, I think Mike Patton could be a head coach. I mean, Uh, that we would that we would actually like or think would do a good job. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. No, no, I I I think that. And by the way, Jay Rock says there's a report saying Jim Harbaugh is. has interest in bears for NFL return. But here's the thing, J-Rock, is that that was written by a guy named Feldman for The Athletic. And so he writes this article about Harbaugh potentially wanting out of Michigan and returning to the NFL. And then in the very, very last sentence, he says, you know, he there's a couple paragraphs where he hasn't gone maybe to the Raiders, blah, 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 other teams. And then the very last sentence, he says, other possibilities include the Chicago Bears. So I don't know, you know, I wouldn't, that sounds to me like a reporter speculating, you know, about Just to the get a, a click. Right. But I will say this, and I think you guys will agree with, with this. The next coach should be a fucking the biggest fucking name and most successful candidate available. 
if you took a team to the Super Bowl, though, yeah, come on now. Yeah, and so because of that, I would interview him. You know, I would like. I would to... pound my dick into submission if we hired Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm sure your girlfriends, uh, girlfriends, I say, <laughs> are a little bit. Well, Mitt Romney. <laughs> <laughs> but it should be a huge name because this team needs to convince a bunch of investors to to spend hundreds of millions, billions of dollars on this new stadium they got to create interest in the franchise so they've got hopefully their franchise quarterback that's going to create a lot of interest now they need a name head coach they need somebody that the people in arlington heights and the nfl investors and so forth are all going to say yeah this these bears they're, they they got to figure it out so who is that big name although jim played here seven years a first round draft pick he led a team to a super bowl and dick is his fucking hero I just remember the stuff at San Francisco. He was a micromanager. A lot of people in, at 49ers headquarters thought he was an asshole. You know, he's just a strange fucking guy. Where, whereas John Harbaugh seems like a very likable guy. Jim Harbaugh, I think he's like the worst part of, of Mike Ditka in terms of personality. You know what That's I mean? what we need. D didn't he have to you see know, a psychiatrist because to deal with Ditka? Harbaugh, I seem to remember that. Was that a story back then? What was he that? Had to see a Harbaugh had to see a therapist to deal with That was with Tom Zach. Yeah, that was my team. Was it Tom Zach? Okay. Yeah. I knew it was one of the Bears quarterback. <laughs> yeah, it should have been all of them. You know? <laughs> Although, McMahon didn't give a fuck what Ditka thought. Yeah. yeah. And, which is why he was so successful. He, Again, it, it comes down to courage. For Jim McMahon to say, fuck you, Mike, I'm changing the play. I don't give a shit if you don't like it. And to have all those fights, it created great drama and stuff. But McMahon, as much as I dislike him, he was right. Fucking dick. Like McMahon himself said when Mike North had him on as a guest, Ditka was a great tight end. But as a play caller, he wasn't so great. <laughs> you know, but those two guys love each other yeah, now, they do. though. They sure do. Uh, McMahon and Ditka have the utmost respect for each other. Now that's kind of like in the heart of, uh, you know, it's like if you and I have an argument on air sometimes or something, uh, and there's a little bit of like, you know, fuck you or fuck you like during the week, but by the next show, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, sometimes you have a blow up, like Harbaugh got yelled at in the Metrodome mm -hmm. by Ditka in 92. And he still thinks Ditka like thinks of him as like his, like his hero. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I think Harbaugh would be a great hire. Don Burr says uh, that Harbaugh is about to get a $100 million contract from Michigan, so nope. But here's the thing, Don Burr, is that Harbaugh has taken salary cuts in the past. Guy's got more fucking money you know, than he needs, and so he might feel like, Listen, my dream is to coach the Chicago Bears, and so I'm, I'd be willing to bypass that $100 million contract and, and sign for the Bears for half of that and half the time. I don't know. It's it's a possibility. I think I think he'd love to come back. By, and and you talk about a guy that was here mm -hmm. seven years, man. And, and so it's it, we always say that why don't the Bears bring back former Bears like Olin Crudes or – or uh, Gary Fensick or somebody like that that has their pulse and they follow the team closely. And I, I think Harbaugh would be exactly what we're yearning for in that. And he has the attitude that our team needs, I think. Yeah. 
especially against Aaron Rodgers if he's still here, because he's going to hate Aaron Rodgers as much as we do. I agree with you. From there's a lot of you're making a lot of great points as to why he would be a really, really good candidate. Um, I just I don't like weirdness. I don't like fucking in control people in control who are fucking weird to deal with. Ditka was that way, and he got results for a while. Um, Tressman was weird. Like when you say weird, I think Tressman's a little like Star Trekky. He was yeah. weird in a fucking nerdy way. Yes, you're yeah. right. Star you know Trekky is a good. It was a, it was a space <laughs> cadet, man. That guy. I don't know how he got how he got the job. I, I, I wish they would have videotaped that interview, man. Yeah. Well, he was probably you know throwing. He, all a, these, he had a book on leadership. Or yeah, I read men. it. I, I read it. It, it. The title of it was Perseverance because that was his career. I mean, he he had ten different jobs in the NFL over a twelve year period. So he just persevered, persevered, and finally, after his last NFL job, he said he, he thought to himself, "This is it. I I I got to go back to real estate." Like, so, he was a real estate agent, and then he got the job at the CFL and had all this success, and that's when he wrote yeah. the book. So I mean, the most fascinating Tressman story of all, uh, if your football conspiracy theory is that all that stuff that still kind of swirls around the Super Bowl between the Raiders and Tampa Bay. And it was like the Raiders had this game plan that they were going to run the ball, pound the ball, their center disappears and doesn't show up. And then the day of the yeah, game, they switch the game plan and say, we're going to have Gannon throw 52 times or whatever. And there's so many people on the Raiders team that think they threw the game that day. Hmm. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. They they literally thought that the coaching staff was like, well, we love Gruden. Let's help him uh, get one on the old man here. You know, that they kind of just didn't care. Hmm. What do you think, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Tooch? Well, I, yeah, Harbaugh fits the the uh, profile that I, uh, has head coaching experience for me. So mm -hmm. uh, he would be one guy I definitely would interview. The other one someone brought up was uh, Josh McDaniels. I love the job that he's done with Mac Jones. And the Patriots might win the, the AFC East. They might have the number one seed. Well, Toots, let you me know? interject on that. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, my opinion's not right over yours or anything, but the reason I don't want McDaniels is you say, okay, he had the chance in Denver and it didn't go well. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do better their second time. Yeah. But he also accepted the job with the Colts and then did the same shit that happened to the Bears in 99 and then didn't take the job. And right. He, that's like a guy. Dave McGinnis. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of Dave McGinnis them. And I, you know, I, I don't want that guy. He could do that to us too and make us look dumb. And the, the way he just came in and was like, told Jay that like, Oh, you're my guy. And then duplicitously behind his back was trying to get Matt castle, which is why Jay wanted out anyway which is the reason we got Jay. Like, so this guy's a liar. I, I don't want him. Yeah. And he's never been a head coach, and most of Belichick's disciples aren't good anyway. Yeah, I, I'm a little leery of Josh McDaniel, too. Now, the only good news that I've heard is that he is in love with Justin Fields, that Fields was his favorite quarterback coming out and that he wouldn't have minded if it was Fields that uh, the Patriots drafted uh, as opposed to Mac Jones. So – from that standpoint, that's kind of cool to hear. But yeah, I don't trust him either. Do we know how yeah. old Josh McDaniels is? Because I, I mean, he was pretty young when he was uh, the Denver coach. Uh, I would say he's probably forty-five. 
Yeah. What what year was he the Denver coach? I mean, it was like Tebow. Oh, nine. Uh, that was when Jay first got oh, here. Thir 13 years ago. He was what? Thir early 30s. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I I'm sure he's matured since then and learned a few things, but learned from his mistakes. That really, we don't want coaches learning on the job, making the mistakes here and then going elsewhere. Not that Matt Nagy would do that anyways, because he sucks. But the uh, we don't want we don't need any coaches or GMs to come here and cut their teeth. We want, we need someone that's already cut their teeth elsewhere. You know that's what we always hire guys that are doing these positions for the first time. You know, like Jerry Angelo and Ryan Pace, and you know uh, Jim Finks. I think was the only guy who was uh, was a GM. John Fox, right? I mean John GM Fox. for GM. Yeah, right. Fox right. was a head coach. And mm -hmm. I'm still not That's convinced that, that 2018 team Fox built. Meg, Matt Nagy came in one coach of the year with, you know, the locker room and defense that Fox and Pace had built. Mm -hmm. You know, would you want Fangio to be your head coach? That's what Bryce is asking. Mm -hmm. Is that to me or to Tooth? Either one of you guys. I would interview him. I don't, I don't. I mean, it depends on who he's bringing as an offensive coordinator because. Fangio's not an offensive mind, you know. He, I don't think he's that great of a game manager or clock manager either. He's a def defensive genius, though. Yeah, you know. What about Leslie Frazier? I'm not opposed to Les because again, he played here too. X Bear, care, yeah, we care about the logo, man. He's care never gotten a, a chance as a head coach, right, Les? Oh, he was with the Vikings. Was he Vikings yeah. head coach? That's right. Yeah, he was awful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, plain and simple, he was fucking awful. Yeah. Um, Bryce says, we need a leader. Fucking A, we need a leader. That's why I'm voting for Dan Aguirre. What about Rick Smith for GM? Delcor wants to know. The guy who was with the Falcons and had to quit because his wife had cancer, but he helped build that uh, draft a lot of great Falcons players. I kind of like him. I mean, that doesn't sound bad or anything. What, what about the Dorsey guy? Yeah, John Dorsey. Um, somebody in the chat room earlier said something about was he retiring? They were asking the question. Let me see if I can do a quick. It's John Dorsey, right? I think so. He's been around. I would like to have a GM like that that's had some success, like the guy that was with the Texans, maybe mm -hmm. uh, that's available. That from like the, you know, he sort of got Hopkins and Watson and all those guys. The Falcons guy there, that, that would be okay. I, I, I'm not even opposed to Pace staying, honestly. I mean, I would rather him go, but I just want Nagy gone. Yeah, I think yeah. he is the biggest – his bullshit, I want to be Kansas City offense, is the thing that's holding this team back. But don't you think he's a, a Pace is a coward and that he just needs to go because – No, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm just saying, though, if he stayed mm -hmm. and we had a competent offensive scheme, we could win with Pace as the GM. In my opinion, I, he deserves to be fired because of his tenure. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he's the biggest problem. I think it's the bald fuck. I really do. Don Burr reminds us that John Dorsey is in Detroit. I think he's the assistant general manager over there. And he says, uh, there's no fucking way they're going to let Dorsey get away. So he said, yeah. the, he That's said, the first time to fire him and the Campbell guy. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, the first right. Don Burr comment that I've actually found worth. And Whoa! Tooch <laughs> versus Burr. <laughs> he contributed Michael, something. Michael Diaz says no to Frazier. I'm not a big Frazier fan. 
I, I, I would, I would want to see who's the, who the Patriots got in their in their front office drafting and making personnel decisions. <laughs> the Patriots year after year, man, they just keep winning. They had one down year, then they bounce right back. You know, mm-hmm. it's like uh, uh, I, I like what they've done with Mac Jones. They 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 put people in place with the strengths of their the, the best position. You know, for the strengths of the players. Mm-hmm. You know, Matt Jones, they don't give him too much. You know, they know what he can do and what he can't do, and he plays within the system. You know, if he comes here and he gets his hands on Justin Fields, man, I just, I just don't know. You know, I mean, I, he, he's got to be more mature than when he was coach of the, you know, back then he was like a, he was like the child in Green Bay, as Dan would say. You know, Matt LaFleur was there is 32, right? Mm-hmm. McDaniels oh, was 32. So, yeah, I mean, now uh, what's his name is 44, 45. You know, McDaniel's been he's been with Bill Belichick for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, but he fucked the Colts just a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, know? what year was that? I don't know. It was fourteen. Uh, no, they they were forced to. We're talking about Josh. They hired, Fra- they hired Frank Reich instead of McDaniel's. Is that yeah what exactly? So it was two okay, years so ago. Frank Reich. Uh, yeah. Have you guys been watching Hard Knocks with the Colts? And that's no. the, that's the mid-season hard knocks. Yeah. I, I haven't. Is it good? Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, sometimes they spend a lot of time on family stuff because they just don't have enough material that they can put together. So they'll spend like 15 minutes with the guy with playing around with his kid and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. But overall, it still is hard knocks. And so they do have access to cool stuff behind the scenes. Uh, and it's a, a fascinating organization. they got so many good players. Ballard has done such a good job. His biggest mistake, in my opinion, is uh, signing uh, that quarterback. The guy sucks. That, I told uh, you I didn't want him. Yeah, that's good. You call. can go back and find our episodes. They're available in podcast form. <laughs> I, I, I did not want Carson Wentz. Yeah, and going back to night or 2019 and 20, I didn't want Andy Dalton either. Mm-hmm. But someone took exception to me saying, "I, I, I saw this." I went back and, and watched an episode. I think it was the Eric Kramer one. And I saw like a, a chat comment that I had, I didn't see before on the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And someone was pissed at me for saying that uh, I thought Dalton had had a better career than Trubisky. And to me, that's backed up by his statistics. I like Mitchell better. I wanted Trubisky to succeed, but... There's like no he, debate. There's no debate yeah, on that. Yeah. Yeah. Dalton had what a couple of four thousand yard years or mm-hmm. something. I mean, like they were a long time ago. Yeah. But still, he he has succeeded more in the league. I, I, I it would be hard for me to envision Mitch signing a ten million dollar one year contract when he's thirty four or however the fuck old Dalton is. Hmm. By the time Mitch is 34, 35, he's going to be a backup. And and I wish that that weren't true. I, I wish him well. I like Mike North so much. I want him <laughs> to be right in that regard. But I think Mitch is going to be a backup. And I hope I, I wish him well. I have no malice toward Mitch. He's throwing eight passes this year, and one of them is an interception. So that's that's Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> I like him. And I, and I wish his I hope his marriage goes well. I uh, I had all of his jerseys, had all four of them. Mm-hmm. I think I had, Dan's white, I think I had the blue, at the 40s throwback, and I had the orange. Travis asked why the Bears uh, have never been on hard knocks. It's because yeah. the management doesn't want them. They, they nope. Coaches have said they're too disruptive, and because the McCaskies and Goodell are, are such good buddies, 
that he has said, okay, we'll bypass you. But yeah, somewhere yeah. down the line, they're going to have to be on. And they, I'm sure they won't do it unless they're made, made to do it. They said uh, that was the story. Had Omar, it would be ratings galore. Well, as soon as they get the new stadium, you know they're going to fucking be on because I have all those fucking yeah. drones doing all those cool shots like they oh, did yeah. at that. Uh, that what, what stadium was that? Uh, Dallas. Dallas. They did that drone. Could you imagine a game if the Bears were down and losing to Aaron Rodgers? Harbaugh would be on the sideline like, somebody go sack that motherfucker. Oh. Like, he'd be losing his mind over there as much as we would, like, if we were just fans. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, I, I really believe this to be true. Yeah, hey, wait, in that stadium, the McCaskies will be calling hard knocks and saying, hey, I, we decided we want to do hard knocks this year, maybe. <laughs> you know, we changed our minds, you know, yeah. so they could get some beautiful shots that promote the, promote exactly. the new stadium, you know. They're all about – uh all about that, you know, promotion and money. So. Exactly. Yep. But yeah. Uh, by the way, there's a lot of talk about Trubisky maybe replacing Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. <laughs> he is a it. Cleveland guy. He's That's a right. Cleveland guy. Yeah. I love He'll have it. a long career as a backup, you know. I hate a, Baker Mayfield. Hate he's him. awful. If you were a Browns fan, though, you, I mean, I'm not saying you give him, like, an astronomical deal. But you know you have made the playoffs, and 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 they hadn't done that, and since like Vinny Testaverde was there, so it's you got to give him at least like a two-year deal if he'll take it. Just you know, like he's earned it. Now mm -hmm. has he earned a hundred million dollar contract? Of course not. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of his either. But all this or lack of success that the Browns have had, to me, if we were Browns fans, we would want to bring him back just because, like, man. He took us to the second round of the playoffs. That means something. Yeah. Even though all those fuckers were assholes to us. So fuck them. I hope they get the wrong, they make the wrong move. <laughs> would you go back to Cleveland to watch another game, Dan? Yeah. I mean, I would, but uh, it's not something I'm necessarily looking forward to, you know? We know where they're playing or who they're playing next, next year. We just don't know whether it's on the road or no, not. There's still one other game we don't know because they added the extra game. Okay. Uh, well, there's two games we don't know yet uh, or because we don't – there's an extra AFC game. Next year, there's going to be nine games at Soldier Field because this year we had nine road games. So we'll, uh, but we're going to we're gonna have an extra AFC game. We Like this year, it was with the Raiders. Mm -hmm. We don't know which game that's going to be yet. And the it, we're going to be playing the NFC East next year. So – the South and the West, we will draw the teams that finish statistically in the – like if we finish second, we'll play the second team from there to – from those divisions. So that won't be sorted out until next Sunday who we play. So there's a couple of games still in the air is what I'm saying. So if we win second place, a victory over the Vikings puts us in second place. The schedule will be tougher than if we lose and, and have the third-place schedule. Yeah, but just by a game or so. So no and again, game. you just never know. Like if yeah, exactly. Whoever finishes second or third this year could finish last next year, and vice versa. There was like a decade. Like look this up. I, I don't know how long it was, but it was close to like seven, ten years where the team in the NFC South that finished last won the division the next year. It just kept happening mm -hmm. over and over and over, like seven or eight years in a row. Mm -hmm. Now the the Bears if the Bears win the. Vikings and Bears will be seven and ten. Uh, we all know who's going to finish last in the division, though, don't we, Don Burr? <laughs> uh -uh. Yeah, I think if we finish with the same record, 
since we're in the same division, maybe I'm wrong in this. I think then the next one would go to who was better within division play. Mm -hmm. So if we beat Minnesota, that we split with them, we split. No, no, no. We we swept Detroit and we lost two to Green Bay. So we're what? Uh, that would put us three and three in the division. Mm -hmm. uh, Minnesota, they split with the Lions. I'm sure they were swept by the Packers. Did they beat Green Bay once? No. Or maybe they did beat them in Minnesota. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I'd have to look it up. What Either way, they, they split with Detroit. And if they split with us, at, at best they split with Green Bay. I don't know. We'll see Sunday where all this falls. Yeah. I'd be all right with playing the Giants again next year. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind uh, if we moved over to the NFC East. What the fuck is with the fucking Cowboys? I mean, that team is loaded with fucking talent. Oh, it's Mike McCarthy. Guy's a fucking off, awful coach, man. Yeah, you know, the, the Cardinals are finally getting back to healthy. You know, they've been slumping just because, you know, they've had defensive injuries. DeAndre Hopkins is out. Uh, it was a bounce back spot for the Cardinals. I, I you know, I mean, I, I thought the line was a little bit big, but I didn't, I, I thought the Cardinals might cover that spread, but I didn't think they'd win outright. Now the, mm -hmm. the bears and Vikings, the bears are only a two point, two and a half point dog on the road, which I find kind of strange, but it, I, I imagine that, that odds makers might not know if uh, uh, Kirk cousins is going to suit up for this one. So, hmm. Foster uh, covers. Foster covers. What a cool name. Bears extra game is against the Texans and the AFC, and then uh, possibly we get the AFC East and the Giants, he says. Hmm. I'm glad we finally beat the Texans there for a while. I mean, we had just gotten our first win versus Houston last season. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had lost every matchup with the Texans ever before last year when Mitchell uh, Trubisky blew them out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was like, God, every time we play this team, regardless of how good or bad they are, they always beat us. So I'm glad we finally got a way to we have to play them next year. And asked to pull up the 2022 schedule based on what it is now. So let me see if I can find What did you think about that Joe Judge having that 11-minute rant the other day after the game? I wanted to listen to it all, but I listened to just about 30, 40 seconds of it, and I said to myself, this motherfucker's lost his mind. <laughs> I mean, it, he sounded like some guy who was having some mental health issues. And I don't, I don't mean to make fun of people with mental health issues, but I can because I have mental health issues. <laughs> he sounded like a guy that was about to be fired to me. Yeah, well, this, that's the rumor is, is that Gettleman, the GM, is going to get fired, but that well, Wellington Marrow, whatever Marrow is running the team, wants to keep Joe Judge. So you're going to hire a GM and tell him, by the way, that's your coach. I mean, and this is the Mara that George McCaskey said he seeks advice from when he has questions about what's going on in the NFL, who are the good candidates out there. So <laughs> he also said <laughs> he, he also said Pittsburgh, but at the same time, why are you going to opponents asking for advice? Why this just in, George McCaskey seeks interview with Joe Judge. <laughs> Could you imagine how awful that would be for the us? Jeez. 
Hey, we don't want a coordinator like that, the special team. I know Ditko is a special teams coordinator, mm-hmm. but I think that that's the only time that's going to happen in it, with our franchise. Mm-hmm. I know John Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator, but uh, Andy Reid was just a quarterback coach at one point. But still, I think the Bears need somebody that's won games as a head coach. Mm-hmm. In the league, that's what I want more than anything. Who was it in last week's media thing said, you want somebody who has made those tough decisions in the past it was a national uh person uh, yeah 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 he said it was once that oh it was one you're right you're yeah right. he's like a guy that could go for it what what are you doing fourth and one mm-hmm. at the one you want a guy that like nagy would say let's get in the shotgun <laughs> so, and Aguirre, Aguirre, you've you've been on board for dave tobe right uh-uh oh no no what? i would rather see lovey come back before he'd hire dave tobe what about what <laughs> I don't know why this fascination with Dave Tobe. I mean, I know Devin Hester scored a lot of touchdowns, but if you take Devin Hester out of Dave Tobe's run, what's Dave Tobe's run look like? Uh, he's a special teams coach, so, I mean, how much of an influence do you have? Not even a third, right? That's what I'm saying. If you don't have a Hall of Famer, and I hope Devin makes it this year. He's a finalist. If you take uh, a, a guy that's presumably going to make the Hall of Fame, out of the equation, no one's saying that shit about let's hire Dave Toe. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to hire Dave Toe. Muck Muck the General says, Wanstad is the only coach I hated more than Nagy. See, I didn't hate Wanstad. I liked one. He, he, talk about a team that played hard to the bitter end. Yeah, I that, agree. And to me, uh, especially at that age, like mm-hmm. I, I wanted to hate Wanstad because I didn't want Ditka fired. Mm hmm. And, like, for those reasons, like, man, he won me over. He looked like fucking for, Ditka's son. It was like. Yeah, he did have. He had great hair. <laughs> he I mean, He's got some fucking hair, man. And he had that great mustache like Ditka. But uh, and I don't even like mustaches, but theirs look good. <laughs> but I, I thought, like I said, my I had a predisposition coming in that I didn't like Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should we shouldn't have fired Ditka. He had one bad year there. Let's, you know, blah, blah, blah. But. By the end of 93, I was like, man, I, I think we have a good coach. All right, I got the schedule uh, for next year as it stands now. This is according to fbschedules.com. So, of course, no dates. Uh, they've got the Lions, Packers, Vikings, of course. Um, then Eagles, Washington football team, Buffalo Bills. Uh, these games are all at Soldier Field, all the ones I, I just mentioned. Uh, Miami Dolphins at Soldier Field, the AFC South to be determined at Soldier Field, the NFC West to be determined at Soldier Field, and then the road games at Dallas, at Detroit, at Green Bay, at Minnesota, at New England, at New York Giants, at New York Jets, and then to be determined, the NFC South team. That, that to me, looks like an 0-17 season if Nagy comes back. <laughs> on paper, it's this season's schedule was harder than that, though. On yeah, paper. Oh, fucking a. Yeah, and we've got nine home games next year, so that's nice. Uh, yeah, it's better than the nine on the road. So I, you know, I, Nagy's got to go. Mm. <laughs> I, I, everyone just keeps. I know everyone's talked about it. We're going to be talking about. It. Hopefully, next week, by the time we do the show, we'll be saying, uh, "Thank fucking God." But. Well, I don't know. What if they haven't made a decision by next week's show? Will you be pissed off? Yes. I want to wake up Monday morning 
whatever time I wake up and see that he's gone. I wouldn't actually, I don't know who's on Sunday night football. I'm sure it's a matchup that I don't want to watch. It'll be like green Bay and somebody, but I want to turn on the fucking halftime show or Sunday night football and see that the bears have already told Matt Nagy he can go fuck himself. And my, I would love to see my dream scenario, which is um, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. As soon as the Vikings game is over, security comes and says, we want your key passes from Alice Hall. <laughs> Just hand them over. What, what do you mean? I got to go back to the office and get my stuff. We will mail you your things. <laughs> well, I, I got to take the flight back with the team. No, 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 no. You're on your own knock. <laughs> you fucking call uh, Uber and get a drive back. Yeah. <laughs> the Buccaneers didn't let Antonio Brown fly back with them, but yet they still haven't officially released him. This yeah, week, what is that all what, about? Despite what all the, the big grumpy fucking coach who is arrogant as anybody, Arians, claimed that he was no longer a buck, but they didn't cut him. That's crazy. And did you see that T.O. has said that he would come back and play if they'd sign him? T.O. said that? Yeah, allegedly I read online that T.O. was saying that he would come back and take A.B. spot for the playoffs. <laughs> Jesus. How, how old How's is Terrell? Like, he's yeah, he's got to be like 40, right? At yeah, least. it's got to be. Somebody, I bet he's in great shape. Somebody in oh, social yeah. media put a picture side-by-side side of Antonio Brown and Terrell Owens saying – He's the same as this guy, and Terrell Owens uh, retweeted it and said, "Come on, dude!" You know, and so he was insulted that he was being compared to Antonio Brown. By the way, uh, somebody has asked for one of our hits, and here it is. Get your shit together. Get it all together and put it in a backpack. All your shit, so it's together. I got to put Ryan Pace's. I got to put George McCaskey or Ted Phillips's face on there. That's what I got to do. That cartoon. That's one show I watch to laugh a lot. Rick and Morty. That is fucking hilarious. So I love Rick. Rick, Rick makes me laugh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Does Dan you know, watch Rick and Morty? Yeah, Dan, do you? You don't watch Marissa any. liked it, so I watched that and Bob's Burgers with her. Wow, the things that you did for that woman. I didn't know. I mean, <laughs> that is so unexpected, Dan. <laughs> I never would I, I, surprised. I, I thought like if, if it's a cartoon, Dan would rule it out automatically. You know? No animation. You know? Mm-hmm. No, when I was younger, uh, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, I'd loved Beavis and Butthead and Daria at the time. Because Daria originally was on Beavis and Butthead and got spun right. off right. her own show. I fucking hated Beavis and Butthead. I couldn't understand why white America loved Beavis and Butthead. It's like, you don't, you don't want to be associated with a Beavis or a Butthead? <laughs> but but again, I was a kid when they came out. Like yeah. if I had been thirty, it'd have been different. But I was literally twelve or something the first time I saw it. Yeah, so, I was still there watching music videos that I liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I, I can understand. I tried to. I watched a handful of episodes, and I, I just said to myself, "Come on." And then Mike Judge, he got fucking raped by MTV because they owned all of that Beavis Butthead stuff, all of the t-shirts and pillows and all that shit that they yeah, sold yeah. and mike judge the creator was fucked got nothing he got nothing he got Bill, he, he got bill fingered yeah he he, he got he, he got, got a better fingered. deal yeah, that's right <laughs> <laughs> he got a better deal with king of the hill but man you know there were hundreds of millions of dollars in profits for uh and ancillary sales on all that beavis and butthead stuff that he didn't see a, a 
goddamn pity, poor guy. Breaking news, right. breaking news. Uh-oh, oh, you got breaking here we news? Go. Maggie fired? No, it's, no, I wish. It's nothing that big. It's from our guy, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Aaron uh, would also advocate Jim Harbaugh as the head coach. Really? Yeah, I don't think he's listened to the whole show because he asked me what I thought about it. It's like, I just spent 30 minutes advocating for <laughs> Probably at the office. Like yeah, I said, Aaron, it fits the profile uh, of that former head coach getting a second go-round, you know? Mm-hmm. Aaron, I mentioned this earlier, too. He puts in quotations. He says, uh, Harbaugh has been on record as saying, quote, it's his dream job, end quote. Well, but who gives a fuck? I mean, I want I want a good coach. And yeah, who else not... said the Bears were his dream job? Mike Ditkus. That's fucking right. <laughs> he won Super Bowl twenty because of that guy. You know, did you ever read the book about Ditka uh, by Armin? What was his name? No, I didn't read Armin Katayan. I've read yeah. Otis Wilson's and I read uh, Jim McMahon's. Yeah. I mean, the picture that was drawn of Mike Ditka is he, if it wasn't for Jerry Venisi, he would never have had his job in that 1985 season that took the team to the Super Bowl. He was burning so many fucking bridges with his temper tantrums and some of the stuff that he would say and do and stuff. You know, uh, McCaskey, the brother, that who passed away a few years ago. He was the chairman at the time. He just hated Ditka. Yeah, but he hated Ditka for the wrong reason. He yeah. hated Ditka because Ditka overshadowed him. Mm-hmm. And how, okay, context is king. Imagine if we're sitting here and the 84 Bears just lost the NFC title game. Mm-hmm. We keep that in mind. They had not won a playoff game since the championship in 63. So they won their championship against the Giants in 63. They've just won their first playoff game in 21 years to beat Washington at RFK. They lose the title game to the 49ers or 15-1 that year. They go on to win the Super Bowl. And now we're going to fire Ditka. Could you imagine, like, everyone in Chicago? No one wanted Ditka fired after that. So he couldn't fire Ditka after that. I mean, do you think, you both of you guys, do you think, that the Bears would have won the Super Bowl in 1985 if Buddy Ryan was the head coach? Probably not. He didn't even win a playoff game in Philly. Yeah, but he, he had the fucking 85 squad. That, that yeah, with that defense, it. I would say, yeah, probably. Fucking I mean, A. Unless he played Dan Marino and the Dolphins. <laughs> Maybe not. But Right. Uh, uh, I was always afraid of that anyway. Like yeah. in hindsight, I don't know if the Bears were saying that they won it because – the AFC title game was after the Bears championship game over the Rams. Mm-hmm. And it was the Patriots at the Orange Bowl against Miami. And the Bears were saying, oh, we want Miami. Like, be careful what the fuck you wish for. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad in hindsight the Patriots won. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Miami won easily. Yeah. Now, granted, Steve Fuller played, you know, three-fourths of that game. Uh, but still, we we could get him on the show. You remember I sent you that link? Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a link. He's a he's a realtor now, apparently. That's right. We gotta give him a call. I'd love to talk to him. Um that would be something. Foster cover says, uh, where'd Foster go? Ditka and Ryan. No, not, I didn't want that one. Sorry, Foster. I wanted this one. Mike Ditka, great head coach name. Yes. Mike Ditka is a great fucking head coach name. There's no doubt about it. You know, I was in uh Washington doing a, a job for a company back. In um, 
1984, right that same week with the Bears and Washington were playing that playoff game that they got eliminated from. And so all week long, while I'm doing this job, I'm listening to sports radio in Washington, and somebody had this great line about Mike Ditka. He says, Mike Ditka's face looks like a clenched fist. <laughs> and that is so accurate, man. I remember <laughs> that. His face does look like a clinch yeah. fit. <laughs> yeah. You know, going back to that championship game, because, again, they like you said, they beat Washington. If you watch the NFC title game – no, no, I'm sorry. If you watch that Washington game back, mm-hmm. like they, they interviewed Jim McMahon. Uh, I think it's at the half. Uh, he's there at the game, but, you know, Brent's in the studio or maybe he's at the game, whatever. But they talked to McMahon, and they said – like Jim said he was close – and that if the if the Bears had made it to Super Bowl 19, he was going to start. Hmm. If if they could get past San Francisco, he was going to be ready. So, hey, maybe we beat Miami in Super Bowl 19 if we just get there. Yeah, fuck man, it was so disappointing. I cried, cried like a bit. But I, but and for the what first... happens when they get Jim back? When they go out to San Francisco, first drive, Bears receive, they go 80 fucking yards, McMahon, and score a touchdown. They had zero points in the championship game. They have seven first possession yeah. at the defending reigning world champions field. And you know what else about that game is notable? That was Jerry Rice's first start. Is that right? Yeah, when the Bears, because Ditka got the DUI after the game and all that. Right. Uh, celebrating that was Jerry Rice's first ever NFL start. Wow. Fuck. Did you just see this the other day on, on TV? That's why you remember it so well? No, I've seen the game. I mean, I made you the game. Like, go back. I, you've got it from me. I go know. watch it. I, I have watched it, but you watch it over and over again. I, I love that game. But if you watch <laughs> it back, they'll say it when they're showing the the highlight, the starting lineups that day. It's the first start for rookie Jerry Rice. Mm. Yeah. Um, 4,000 Clover says, the irony is that if Buddy Ryan would have actually listened to Ditka in that Dolphins game and switched to the nickel, we probably would have won. But Ryan told Ditka to go fuck off. <laughs> so, you know, and uh, you, the story, the famous story in, in I think it was 83, mm-hmm. where they were at Baltimore against the Colts and Ditka got mad and punched a locker and broke his hand. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me you couldn't see Harbaugh doing the same thing. And in this world where everything's so plastic and fake and you can't cuss, you can't offend anybody, you know, everything's got to be, you know, for lack of a better phrase, cookie cutter, and just so PC. Like he's everything that is a throwback to that era. Mm-hmm. So that's again why I'm trying to sell you a Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I just, if Harbaugh is hired, I just want to close my eyes and wake up at the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just I'm terrified as to how bad it can get just because he's such an asshole. He's such a micromanaging who you, asshole. Who was his defensive coordinator when they went to that Super Bowl? Vic Fangio. Exactly. Maybe you get Vic back as the D coordinator you, you if the, Denver fires him. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm just I, saying it could happen. He and could. Harbaugh worked together before. It could. You think they still have a good relationship, or you think part of the reason Harbaugh had a bad relationship with San Francisco people, it, it was the fact that Fangio told him to go fuck himself a few times. I have no idea. I don't. I never really heard. I know they said he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and that he kind of wears you down if you're around him a lot mm-hmm. because of his personality. 
Mm-hmm. And he he's got that same rep. I heard John saying this when they um when they went to the Super Bowl against each other. I mm-hmm. uh, he said that you know he's the kind of guy if you play him in anything, whether it's basketball, golf, you know anything, and he loses, he's smashing the clubs and shit like that. And again, that's a Mike Ditka thing. Ditka yeah. was like noted for like just losing his fucking mind on on things like that. And maybe that's a bad thing, but I kind of want someone that has that fire. Like even Lovey, Lovey had three seasons that were successful. He was so the antithetical, so opposite of anything that Mike Ditka was. Mm-hmm. And like once that, I think probably had some fire behind the scenes. You could just see, I could see Wani. You know, going on this. Oh fuck! Come on, Steve Stenstra. Why are you so bad? You know, I could see that, but um, <laughs> I. But no one has been like, like Ditka, like Harbaugh could. I mean, we need some fire. Mike Tomlin would have fire. Yeah, Mike Tomlin is a goal for me. And one hundred. I would love goal. Mike Tomlin, but Pittsburgh's not yeah, going to get yeah. him. They would be fucking stupid. I mean, it would go totally against their organization. So they, the Steelers did not make the playoffs this year. They've been officially eliminated, right? No, right. they can get in if the Colts lose. And uh, oh. there's a scenario where the Steelers can get in. Uh, okay. I think the Colts have to lose and the Raiders have to lose or something like that for them to get in. Well, Tomlin is fired, and then he can come straight here is what I'm hoping. So yeah. the, the Colts are at – Jacksonville, where they have not won since 2014. Well, that's Steelers, gonna change. Steelers have to win at Baltimore, and the Raiders have to lose to the Chargers for the uh, uh, Steelers to get hey, some, something crazy like that. But they're not eliminated yet, so that's yeah. the Sunday night game. Actually, is the Raiders and the Chargers, which is kind of a good one. Yeah, that is a good game. And I love the Chargers coach. I know Olin Cruz doesn't like him, uh, but Brandon Staley, I like that guy. He's, he's smart, innovative. Used to be a Bears coach. Yeah. He's learning on the job, too. Like Matt Nagy is still learning on the job four years later. <laughs> it's like fucking Nagy. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I made mistakes, too. And uh, he's always self-deprecating, uh, you know. I've failed in a lot of different ways. Yes, you have. I think he's saying that to like, so people will pat him on the back. Exactly. He's so, he's he's so humble and, and Virginia loves him so much. And he's such a nice guy. You know, Virginia brings him cookies all the time. It's like, (laughs) get the fuck out of here. We, we don't want that. We want, we don't want cookies brought to the coach's office. We want whiskey and Poppers and Ditka's cigars. <laughs> Ditka cigars. There you go. <laughs> yeah, our, our, the cookies probably aren't even any good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cue for a lot of Virginia McCaskey jokes. <laughs> I'm gonna lay off her because uh, she looks so cute and adorable at the game last week when they showed her. And I, I really do wish that they would win one for her before she passes yeah. on. That would be it's just. That, that would be the greatest fucking thing of all time. No, no. The best thing would be for you and I to, before we die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really? I'm sorry, Virginia. <laughs> yeah. you know, but in, in, a, in the world where Dan Reeves dies, John Madden dies, Jeff Dickerson dies, like back to back to back to back, and uh, Harry Reid, all these deaths, all like, you know, back to back. Like, I'm, I'm really afraid 
that Virginia or Mike Ditka are going to be next. I, I'm not even trying to be dark or dour or funny, but especially Ditka. Ditka doesn't look well when we see him now, you know? Oh, my it's like He's having heart attacks and shit. I mean, it just I'm afraid Mike's not going to make it. Yeah, that points bet commercial, it's like, oh, man, that's so sad to see him. You know, make sure yeah. you place a bet. It's like, fuck, I got to prop his head up. You know, poor guy. I'm telling you, this, I'm I, on that fucking chair, man. I agree with this. This is, I, I've always maintained that Matt Nagy got the job because Ryan Pace's wife and Matt Nagy's wife got along so well, you know? That's mm-hmm. probably that was Matt, Matt Nagy's biggest qualification for getting the head coach job. So fucking Ryan Pace's wife could have somebody to fucking hang out with, and we got stuck with it as Bears fans. This is a uh, Tooch is referring to a JJ uh, J Joe Egg comment saying Nagy is a homer. I feel bad for him, but I did hear that he was totally out of thin air as he yeah. wasn't even a big part of the KC being a powerhouse. It's true, he was like. The guy that that gets coffee, that was Matt Nagy. And that's why Andy Reid liked him so much, because not only did he bring him coffee, but he brought him do- donuts. Did you hear Reid said, and maybe this was just trying to help Nagy and being classy, he said of all of his assistants, none of them were more ready to be a head coach than Matt Nagy. Yeah. We all know better now because he was just trying to get rid of the guy. Yeah, exactly. He's actually so, so How, how can I get guy. rid of this guy? Yeah, and that's where he's going back. He's going back to that staff. I don't think they want. I don't him. think so. They're, I don't. Think they, Andy <laughs> Reid was probably in his mind thinking, "I gotta get rid of this fucker." He's always yeah. talking about collaboration. He's always talking about you know. <laughs> the, well, the, he had to take back play calling duties because they sucked when he was calling plays. Right? <laughs> that's right. Andy Reid had to take back the. And then he's like, "I, I got maybe I'll just get rid of this fucking guy." <laughs> oh hell yeah! I mean, I, you got to. You got to believe that Andy Reid still is pissed off at Matt Nagy for the play calling in that wild card playoff game. Yep. He's like, you fucking I, cost I, me a I, chance to no. go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. No, no, no. All the years he was in Philly when he would get into the championship game and suddenly I wasn't the biggest McNabb fan at all, but would get super conservative and not let him pass and they would lose every title game because of Andy Reid. So he can blame himself for like seven championship games he's lost uh, with his own coaching. So I and and the games that he's lost in K, KC, typically it's because, uh, like he he almost lost to the uh, in the AFC Championship game when they finally did go to the Super Bowl and win. No, it was the Super Bowl game against the 49ers. They were so conservative until they got down. And then suddenly, that's when Mahomes, you know, started throwing the ball like Mahomes does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he almost blew that game too. And, I mean, without Mahomes, Reed's never going to win the Super Bowl, like in my opinion, because I, I'm just not on Andy Reed's dick. I think it's, and I'm not even Mahomes' biggest fan by any stretch, but it's Mahomes' ability is what won uh, Andy Reed a ring. Hey, uh, uh, Dan, how how much longer can you go? I've got like five more minutes, but let me also real well, quick. Point both out, you and Tooch only got five minutes. So, <laughs> well, well, let me point out we coached a Kansas City team that lost like a 40 point lead against the Colts mm-hmm. with Alex Smith in the playoffs. I think it was like 2013. They, you know, we, we always think about the Frank Wright game against the Oilers mm-hmm. when Buffalo was down like 35 to three and he came back to win. Kansas City had a lead in Indianapolis like 38 three and lost. Uh, to Andrew Luck, 
mm-hmm. uh, with with Andy Reid and Alex Smith, uh, uh, coach and quarterback. So again, that just Andy Reid has blown a forty point lead in the fucking playoff game before. Mm-hmm. Jamal Lewis, uh, formerly of the Baltimore Ravens uh, and ex-con. He was <laughs> Sorry, awesome. Jamal, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, he did go to prison. Well, no, but not, that's not, not the Jamal <laughs> Lewis in the chat room. Oh. <laughs> he, he wrote, uh, that was a huge red flag. The Chiefs playoff game. Reed had to answer questions about if he called the plays or if Nagy did. Yeah, I remember that, Jamal. That was, that was uh, not a – pleasant situation they were happy to get rid of him um i bet he still goes back there i don't think so if the enemy doesn't leave he won't be the oc he'll be like the fucking tight end coach or something but he'll be back there on that staff that's my prediction he would be great in college matt nagy would be a good college football coach you know he runs a fucking offense that he's not going to change it for any so he can he can go out and recruit the players that he wants for his offense, and uh, he, you know he can get a nice five six million dollar a year job. Somebody on the radio was saying, "Yeah, I mean, you know, you'll probably see him at the Chicago media." Fuck no, 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 no! Oh. I don't want Nagy anywhere near a microphone working here in Chicago. No. If he's in college, I don't want him to come to West Virginia. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't ever want to hear him talk ever again. <laughs> hey, Tooch, uh, what final thoughts do you got? Because I know you got to dash out of here. Well, I I, uh, I, I don't know who's going to be playing. You have to keep an eye on the COVID uh, players who'd be out for this Chicago-Minnesota game. I know it's the – the line, I don't think the line makers even know what to make of this so far. The Bears are only getting two and a half points. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, uh, I mean, half of the offensive line is listed as, you know, uh, out indefinitely because of illness. Mm. So that would, that would lean. I, I don't, I'm not sure two and a half points is enough. If it got to three and a half points, I might take the Bears, uh, you know, especially with, you know, the Minnesota doesn't have Adam Thielen. He's on injured reserve. Uh, that guy always seems to kill the Bears, you know. Uh, if I were to, uh, and I, we don't, we, we don't like Dan and I were talking while you were out. We don't know who's starting for the bears. Is it Foles? Is it Dalton? No, it, it was announced. Uh, Justin was Fields it? is going to start. Yeah. Justin Fields is starting. Yeah. According to a newspaper report that, uh, I saw a headline on social, uh, social media. So right now, if Kirk cousins is playing and versus fields, I think the Lions probably about right right now. I probably would take the Vikings and, give up two and a half points to the bears. I don't know. Uh, the bears on the road, they're not as good as they are at home. And I think the bears I win this game. I, I would, I would, I would lay off of this game to be honest. I wouldn't bet it. The, are you going to bet the bear, it then? The bears are going to win. Akeem Hicks in his last game, more than likely as yeah. a bear. The defense has been playing, you know, good football anyway. And uh, fields playing over Dalton. I, I think we're going to win this game. I can I could I mean Dan's right about the defense. The defense is playing good and Minnesota's defense sucks. So uh, uh the is the game the Bears could win for sure. That's why the line is so close I think right now and because we don't know who's out for either team. I would lay off I it, it, week 18 is tough because so some some play teams are eliminated and they might not be playing the regular guys right you now. Uh, a lot of teams will be resting guys just because you know they want to get a look at 
at uh, younger players for next year, you know, give them a chance to see what they could do starting or something like that. You know, well, the let's hope the fucking Bears do that. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> starting uh, they're Jason so stubborn. Peters, who uh, is probably, you know, going to yeah. retire on Monday. Starting him on, on Sunday just doesn't make any sense to me, but other people disagree. All right, uh, uh, Dan, any final thoughts you have? I think the Bears are going to win. I wouldn't mind seeing 71 at left tackle, whatever helps fields stay healthy that last game. We don't want any injuries going into the offseason. So I want the the Bears to win. Even if we, you know, I I hate playing for draft picks, but obviously if we lose, it's just helping the Giants anyway. Mm -hmm. So we might as well go out there and win uh, and finish the year 7 and 10, which sounds so weird. Um, But yeah, I think think they're going to do it. I think they're going to win. I wish that Hicks could come back maybe on a one- or two-year deal. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we'll probably see the end of Akeem and probably Eddie Goldman as well. Mm-hmm. I think Goldman will probably get cut with his salary. Um, maybe Mac is back with Quinn, and, and they can wreak some havoc next year. Because mm-hmm. if uh, maybe maybe Quinn gets a lot of attention next year, and that would free up Khalil. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, people say that Khalil's injury is worse than, than we know. So well, uh, if, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but it, it was uh, it was like Waddle or somebody, you know, that really? was saying that it's a tough injury to come back from. Well, what the fuck happened? Retiring. It was his ankle, but they, have they shared any details as to what happened to his ankle? They were saying it's somewhere it connects to his toe, like where, where the, the whatever the bone is, it kind of connects the foot to the toe. I haven't had painful. Ninety-seven. So they were saying it's a tough injury to come back from, but. Uh, well, the final thought is this, then I, I say go Bears for Sunday. Let's keep the kid healthy, but let's see a couple touchdown passes or maybe a couple runs for Montgomery. I'd be good with that too. And then hopefully by the time we go in there next week, we ha- we can say he's gone. Yes. We, can, we can play, the, you know, that, that sound bite that the, the young Turks always used to play. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> 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 Good stuff. All the new prediction on Nagy. Uh, Nagy is going to be fired uh, Sunday, right after the game. He's going to be officially told, and it's going to leak out. Uh, on as Dan said, we'll yeah. hear about it on Sunday Night Football. What? <laughs> um, and on Monday morning, they will call a press conference, yeah. and and they'll say nothing to convince us they're going to get it right uh, because they're not going to fire Ryan Pace. As much as I want Ryan Pace to go, I just don't think that this organization will part with him because they've been uh, grooming him for an executive position in the organization, and they don't want to start a search for uh, that high-level executive. They think it'll be an easier fix. And I believe that Ryan Pace has been working secretly in the background with the McCaskies telling them, yeah, you know, Matt's got to go. He's a great guy, you know, but I'll get it right the next time. Don't you worry. Well, I, I, that's what I feel is going on over at Hallis Hall. What's the most Bears thing that could <laughs> would be? It leaks Sunday after the game. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bears deny it, then they call press yeah. on Monday. There's a bunch of suspense. That's funny. <laughs> what if, what and if, then, if like, George McCassie comes out, Matt Nagy's, we, you know, this was the decision all along. No, yes. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. The Bears will announce John Gruden has been hired on Monday. No, no. <laughs> hey, if John didn't have like that controversy, that his 
his style and fire is exactly what I'm looking for. But obviously, he's a pariah now. Yeah. So you can't hire him. But but before that controversy, that's the kind of uh, personality that I want. But the last thing I want to say, before mm-hmm. because I got to go, what if Ted Phillips says, Fuck this guy. I want to hit, I want to work with this new stadium. Let's fire uh, Ryan Pace. I'm taking the Arlington Heights stadium deal. Well, if Ryan Pace says that? No, if Ted Phillips says that and says, I'm the one who's going to worry about building the new stadium, fuck Ryan Pace. We're firing him because I'm staying here. I'm Ted fucking Phillips. I've been here since 84. My dick is huge. If he said that, I mean, I would be so impressed. Not about the dick part, but everything else. I mean, because what has he said that gives you any confidence that he's the right guy for president of this organization? He's never said anything convincing, never done anything that gives you a confidence, nothing at all. So if he came out there and said, fuck Ryan Pace, I'm the guy here. I'll be hiring the next guy. I will be all right. All right. Ted Phillips taking some man pills. That would be awesome. I don't think he'd say it publicly. I was saying he would say that to George. Oh, well, say it to somebody. Let's fire him. I'll take his role. If he says it to anybody, Hub Arkish will have it and we'll know all about it. All right, you two guys, get out of here. I know both of you guys uh, got stuff to do. John, you're the best. Uh, Tell people again where they can follow you on that Twitter machine. Yep, uh, at John Santucci VIP, I give out a free pick every day, almost every day, unless I'm, you know, it's like a holiday or something like that. And this holiday, I did give out a free Today's free play was uh, NCAA uh, men's basketball. Wake Forest minus one. They won by 22. Nice. So that uh, was And Dan, what's your uh, Twitter moniker? I can't believe he says he gives out a free dick pic every day. Every day, a free dick pic. I I got them all right here on my phone, and I just, wow, this guy. Dude, I I am Bears fan underscore day. There you go. All right, guys, get on out of here. Um, And thanks uh, so much again for all you do for the bar room. I'm going to stick around another 10, 15 minutes, answer any questions, interact with people uh, in the uh, chat. See, I have a couple of thoughts here. Eddie Goldman. Hey, hey one more, Aldo, and I do got to go. Okay. One more. I just want to tell you, I do like Mad Men. I've just finished season ah. one. I Maybe we can talk about it next week. Yes. Uh, I love that show. I'm glad you like it, and uh, we'll figure out a way to get you season. What did I give you, season one? Yeah, but it's it's on uh, Amazon Prime. That's oh. where I'm watching. I'm going to be watching it at work from now on. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Enjoy, brother. All right, man. Take care. Bye. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to stick around a little longer. I wanted to uh, – somebody in the uh, chat room mentioned Eddie Goldman. And this has been such a major disappointment for this team, the investment that they made in him. Now, I'm not going to bemoan the fact that he chose to sit out last season, but it seems like if he had COVID concerns, then why not get the vaccine? Because we learned that this year he's unvaccinated. So that feels all weird to me. It just doesn't doesn't feel like his heart is really into playing. The guy is phenomenal. When he is invested and he's playing well, he is such an important addition to this defense that if he were to continue to play at a high level with the Chicago Bears in 2022, that would offset the loss of Akeem Hicks in such a monumental way. It would be so great. But right now, I don't, I don't, I don't think you know. When you sit down at that meeting and you look at that roster and you come to Eddie Goldman's name, I don't think anybody 
should say, yeah, we definitely need to keep him. They they need to say if we can't figure out a way to bring back the old Eddie Goldman, then we need to release him and 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 get whatever we can in uh, cap savings. So let me know how you feel in the chat room about that. The whole idea about um, Pete Carroll coaching the Chicago Bears or general managing the Chicago Bears, I don't know what the fuck that rumor is all about. But I say to that, hell fucking no. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. I, there are some of these guys who I just find so irritating, and Pete Carroll is one of those guys. Just... I don't want him at Hallis Hall. I don't want him uh, wearing Bears paraphernalia. I'm sorry. It just, I don't want him. Um, let's see. Somebody's got a comment here on Goldman. PJ says, uh, part of Goldman's concern is whether or not the side effects will harm him regarding the vaccine. And everybody has those concerns, right? I mean, it may be for him because perhaps he has some health concerns uh, some already existing conditions, maybe he's he's concerned about that. So not fair for me to take a shot at him regarding the vaccine, uh, but I, it, it's just there's just a bad feeling with, with Eddie that I wish um, he would do something to make me feel better. Well, the first thing that he could do is just play at a higher level more consistently, right? We have not seen that from him. I mean, talk about the interior of the Bears defensive line at times really uh, disappearing. We just have not had, because of Akeem Hicks's uh, inavailability for so many games, it's really impacted that defensive line. And Eddie Goldman's uh, presence or lack thereof has, has not really helped. So that's how I feel about that. Um, Swanky says, Aldo, let's go all night. Wait a minute. Where's my cocaine? If I can find my cocaine, we'll go all night. How's that? <laughs> Toa says, Harbaugh's resume speaks for itself, though. He's won wherever he's coached. Yeah, I get it. He has. And it would be pretty cool if he came to Chicago and he brought some of that Ditka magic like Dan was talking about. It would be very, very cool. I just have had some problems with, you know, some of the stories that I've heard about him and how he turned off the 49ers. It sounded like his ego got really fucking huge at San Francisco. And then it hasn't, those stories haven't gone away at, at, at Michigan either. And what success has he had there? I mean, I, I, he did a great job of working with Colin Kaepernick uh, with San Francisco, but there, there, he never was, was never able to recruit a decent quarterback. And so therefore they've had so many quarterback problems at Michigan. So I don't know, uh, Harbaugh, I, I could learn to love him as I wrote in the chat, uh, about 15 minutes ago. Um, Matthew Fortesi, hopefully Goldman just needed a year to get it right. I hope so too. Hope so too. JJ O egg says, uh, I wish I J Joe egg. Yeah. J Joe egg. It's a weird name, man. He says he agrees on no Carol. Always remember his choke expression with hands on neck. Seems like a weasel. Yeah, well said, brother. Um, Foster Cover says Goldman is $11.5 million cap hit. Yeah, bye. <laughs> J-Rock says Goldman is lazy. You won't even pick up a phone. I know. I can understand, you know, when, when I'm not working, I, and I, I – 
I want to have the phone off and just kind of focus on family or watching a movie or so forth. I do that. But the stories that we heard about Goldman, I mean, he's always got it off. And uh, sounds like Bill Murray, the, the famous movie star comedian. Bill Murray, uh, I don't even think he has a phone or for a while anyways, didn't have a phone. And so people would call him and say, hey, you want to be in my movie and so forth? It would be like three, four weeks before he would call them back because he wasn't checking messages. Uh, one uh, directed by the name of Wes Anderson, you know, called them and said, hey, you want to be in the movie? This is what it's about. This is when we're going to start and so forth. And Bill Murray never contacted him back. But but he showed up on the first day of shooting. <laughs> and the director was like, I didn't even know you were going to fucking show up. So uh, he, he's uh, Goldman, you know, fucking answer your cause, man. You're, you're a young athlete professional. Your coaching staff wants to talk to you. PJ says, I love Goldman. I understand you're concerned, though, Aldo, but we have to respect his decision. You're absolutely right, PJ. You're absolutely right. Uh, uh, it's just, like I said earlier, just, you know, the fact that he's not playing well, now every little thing that he does is going to irk me. That's why I've been divorced <laughs> twice already. Matthew Fortizio, Harbaugh wears, wears out his welcome everywhere he goes, too. Yeah, that's another concern about him, you know? Um Name my choice for head coach and general manager. All right. So here's the scenario. Um, on Monday, if I was the, the, the president of the Chicago Bears, on Monday, I would be introducing the new executive vice president of football operations, the guy that the new GM and coach are going to report to. So both Pace and Nagy are gone. It's a whole new rebuild, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a five-year rebuild to put together a Super Bowl team. But I want to give this executive vice president of football operations some time to put together a great team. So give you a, a give you a name uh, for the executive vice president position. I would love to bring in somebody like uh, try to sway uh, um, Ozzy. Newsom from the Baltimore Ravens to try to sway him out of retirement because I know he's kind of in a semi-retired position. So I would love to get somebody like that. Somebody who has had high-level success, who lives and breathes football, who when they're on the phone, they're just acquiring information about what's going on in the league, who are the hot names, who are this. And so he then will act as a consultant to the general manager and give him tips because he's had some success elsewhere doing this. It's going to take money. It's going to take a lot of fucking money to woo an Aussie out of retirement or a big level name like that. It's going to take money, but that's the only way to fix this problem. And I'm not saying just throw money at it and fix it. No, you got to also make the right decision and the right guy. So somebody who has had success at drafting players, at hiring coaches and so forth, hiring GMs, and Ozzy has had that success. Who do you bring in as head coach? I would love to see a, a Todd Bowles. I think he is uh, uh, ready for that second opportunity to be a head coach, and I think he would be a, a great. He's 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 more of that Lovey Smith kind of demeanor than um, than the Mike Ditka demeanor that that Dan wants. But I'm fine with that. You know, as long as he's making smart decisions, decisions, 
And then for the GM, you know, any any anyone who had again has had some winning experience and, and can come in and hit the floor running. None of this stuff where you're having a head coach saying, I'm still learning on the job two, three years later. None of that. No, no GM who doesn't have experience at you know, one of the things that a, a general manager most general managers bring on their job interview is their scouting profiles. Here's how, when I scouted uh, Justin Fields, this is what I wrote about him. And here it is. And so somebody who comes in uh, prepared in that manner to talk about the players and talk about decisions that need to be made on player personnel and has it all mapped out. So I'm not sure I did a great job of answering your question, PJ, but it's, it's at this point you need tried and true winners. The problem with John Fox is that you could see in the seams that John Fox's better days as a head coach were gone, you know, to let's, let's rewind back to John Fox's uh, tenure with the Denver Broncos. One of the reasons John Elway fired John Fox was because there was a playoff game and right before the end of the fourth quarter, the game was tied and John Fox decided to have Peyton Manning sit on the ball, and there and they ended up losing the game in overtime. Fucking Elway was furious with Fox, furious with him. Didn't like the fact that he had that very cautious approach towards his head coaching. I didn't want that in Chicago. And then when Fox showed up at the press conference, you could just tell that he was like, didn't have a, a youthful spirit to him. You know, it, it, his better days at, at, at were gone. Um, just not my my choice. So there are coaches that have had success in this league, but you got to be careful because sometimes guys that have had success several years ago, the league has passed them up. They haven't adjusted. If somebody comes in in a job interview, whether it's a general manager or the head coach, and they're telling you it's got to be this way, and they don't have flexibility you, you want to hear them say, I'm going to coach to the talent that I have on the roster. You want to hear a GM say, we're going to make decisions. Uh, we're going to have a plan, but that plan is going to have some flexibility in case of injuries, in case of new rule changes, in case of uh, personnel changes in the division. And so now we have to acquire more defensive backs because every team in the division is stacked with wide receivers. Whatever it is, they, they have to be able to make adjustments because if you just are, that was a big problem with Lovey Smith, you know, kept with the same game plan. Our, our system works. We're just sticking with our system. And when you fail to adapt at anything in life, you are going to get fucked. So apologize for the long winded response, but I'm doing the solos. <laughs> uh, Muck, Muck, the general Harbaugh will bring a toughness. We've lacked since Lovey. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to doubt that. I don't give a fuck how, how big his ego is. Uh, just win. That's 4,000 Clovers talking about Harbaugh's ego, I think. Matthew Fochizi, if someone was paying me millions, I'm answering that call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you owe it to the team. And it's not only about answering the call. Somebody's paying me millions of dollars. I'm going to weekly call in my defensive line coach, my new defensive coordinator. I bet you Eddie didn't even call Sean Desai to say, hey, congratulations. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you or having a Zoom talk or whatever. You know, those, those things are important. Every young professional athlete needs to be 
coached about that. And and I hate it when agents sign these guys and then they just basically, you know, let them make these mistakes. The, an agent should be like a, a like a manager, like a a life coach, and saying, you know, hey, did you call your new head coach? Or hey, did you, you know, uh, check in with your defensive line coach on what you should be doing off season stuff like that. And so, Eddie, you know, is he's so. Uh, uh, he's such an introvert that I think he prefers not to do those things. He's probably a very shy guy. And so for that, you know, um, that's, that sometimes can be a problem. 4,000 Clovers on Eddie, uh, Eddie Goldman says, but you'd rather you're, but you're either in or you're out. Ain't no such thing as a halfway crooks regarding Ed, uh, Goldman's decision. Um, Amy and uh, Bethany say, Todd Bowles, please. Uh, Stephen Nagishi, my man, Stephen Nagishi, who next Monday, uh, he and uh, Ken Fang will be co-hosting the latest episode of the Double A Team. If you have not seen that show yet, you really, really should. Lots of great uh, topics covered there. Uh, Stephen says, I think Trent uh, Balky was a big problem for Harbaugh in San Francisco. Look at the shit job he's doing in Jacksonville, and people are dressing up as a clown this Sunday in protest. I had not heard that, Stephen. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, you know, there, there, there are some things regarding that Harbaugh relationship with people at San Francisco that uh, I don't fully know. So uh, you're right. I should probably do some more research on that and, and get some more information to see what exactly it was that, that left everyone in San Francisco happy when uh, Harbaugh left. Um, Stephen also says uh, Rick Smith or Trace Armstrong. The thing about Trace Armstrong is that, um, it, well, Trace more. Trace, not as much as some of the other names that I've heard. Trace has been involved in football because he's an agent for a lot of people. Uh, so perhaps he would be good in that role. I'm not sure. I know a couple of other names that have been mentioned for the executive vice president of football operations have been uh, Gary Fensick. See, the thing with Gary, Gary is certainly smart enough, but he's been out of the league for such a long time. And when he did this interview with uh, uh, Parkinson Spiegel recently, there was a lot of stuff that he just didn't know. He was asked questions about stuff that's going on. He's like, you know, I go to the games, but, you know, outside of my knowledge of the Bears, I, I don't know who are the hot names and stuff. And so, you know, I, I don't think uh, guys who are former Bears and have had success in the business world – I don't think that's enough uh, to qualify for this executive football of operations. The key thing with that job is that you got to know everyone in the league. You have got to have contacts. You have got to – you get into the draft room, that executive vice president of football operations will have contacts that they've already collected intelligence as to who's going to be picking uh, who – two, three picks before your pick is coming up. That's the type of guy you want. You want somebody who knows their shit and, and is, is just a great, great uh, collector of information that they can then pass on to their general manager and then they can all jointly make informed decisions about stuff. Um, Stephen again says, if uh, George is consulting both Bill Polian and Tony Dungy and he ignores their advice by keeping pace even in a new role, Bears lose any credibility they have within the league. The assumption, though, there is, Stephen, is that 
uh, Polian and Dungy are telling George McCaskey to uh, to have Pace gone. I'm not sure that those guys are saying that. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. I, I haven't. I don't really watch uh, Tony Dungy on uh, on the NBC Sunday Night Football show, so I don't know if he said anything negative about Ryan Pace. So the thing that I don't like about Bill Polian is I think he's he's more you know. Uh, again, I'm 63, so I hate to sound like an ageist, but is Bill Polian really still collecting a lot of information as to what's going on in the league? I I'm not sure. And Tony Dungy, he has said a lot of things in the past that I just don't agree with, so I'm not sure he's the best guy to be advising George McCaskey. I think, you know, that's a huge, huge problem for George McCaskey is who, who to consult with, you know? I, I don't know. You know, talking to the owner of the New York Giants certainly isn't going to do it because that's been one report that he said that Mara uh, is, is one of the first guys he calls for advice. Um, Steve and me, I think we will hire a former Bears player, someone who has coached a team to be a Super Bowl. Welcome, Coach Jeff Fisher. Oh, no, Stephen, please. <laughs> Don't do this to me. <laughs> um, Jay jo Joe Egg, Don't agree with Dan. Don't play fields so he don't get hurt for next year. Uh, wrong. More, the more starts he has, the better. I agree with you, uh, Joe. Uh, it is, you know, yeah, you're always going to be afraid somebody's going to get hurt. You're afraid during the offseason that Fields could be working out and then and, and he slips and falls and, and, and breaks an elbow or something like that. But you got, he's the only way he's going to get better is by going out there and reading defenses and making good decisions and getting rid of the ball quickly and trying to fix that delivery and so forth and uh, doing more of the things that we are all projecting he will do. We need to see it before we're totally 100% convinced that he can do it. So get him out there, let him play, make sure you have a good game plan around them to, to protect them, uh, run the ball. And, uh, and, and, um, and I know that he doesn't have great offensive weapons, but you've got some. I mean, you've proven, uh, Justin, that you can you can uh, hit the long pass to Darnell Mooney. You've proven that you can hit the tight ends for touchdowns. We just need to see more of it, more consistently. And, and starting Sunday would be fucking fantastic. The factor says George McCaskey in the presser said the biggest problem was Trubisky. I'm not sure he used those words exactly, but he did say – we don't, you know, we had a problem at the quarterback, words to that effect. So uh, the factor goes on and, and writes, uh, McCaskey probably said that because Pace and Nagy sold the McCaskies on Trubisky being the biggest problem. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. There is no doubt in my mind that those two guys sat down with McCaskey and said, hey, you know, Ryan and Nagy said, Ryan goofed when he drafted this guy. And then uh, uh, Pace points at Nagy, and he was wrong when he said he could de de develop him. So um, they were probably blaming each other, but you're absolutely right. This, you know, and, and I'm interested, I'm more interested. Let me rephrase that. I am so interested in seeing what Mitchell Trubisky's career is going to be like when he first when he gets an opportunity to compete for a job. And I sometimes wish, you know, that 
um, we could see him start a game in Buffalo. Uh, and so that's not going to happen this Sunday because they're fighting for a playoff spot uh, unless there's an injury. So I would love to see him play and, uh, and, and get a taste for what life for Mitchell Trubisky will be like once he gets back under center. He's got one interception so far this season in 10 snaps or 10 throws, I should say. So not, not a great start for him. Um, let me scroll down here and see what else we have. Man, odds of Mitch seeing action for Buffalo through the playoffs run? Question, question. Yeah, never know. And much like with the Bears, hell, march them down into position to win the game. Uh, Joe is obviously talking about that preseason game. Um, Man, I think we've covered it all. What do you think? What do you guys think about Rick Spielman, the – Vikings general manager that was talked about in the media clips. You think that bears would entertain the idea of Spielman leaving or being fired from Minnesota as the GM and him coming to the bears. I got to tell you something for a while. I thought he was a really good GM, but he's got kind of a, a similar record as Ryan Pace, if you listen to the Lauren Cox segment, you know, Spielman has had some really good hits in the draft. I mean, Justin Jefferson, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And, uh, but he's missed on a lot of the defensive backs. Now you could say that maybe Mike Zimmer had, didn't know how to work with the talent that he was given. Just like a lot of people are saying that Nagy, you know, screwed up with the talent that Pace gave him. So it's a very, very similar situation. Uh, 4,000 Clover says no to Spielman. Muck Muck says no to Spielman. PJ wants Rick Smith. I'm really intrigued by Rick Smith. Don't you think that we fans deserve to listen in on these interviews? I mean, if pro football is going to go to the next level of entertainment, they have to start giving us more of a behind-the-scenes look. Would you, people in the chat room, I answer this question, would you pay, I don't know, let's say $100 a year to have access to uh, meetings, videotaped meetings of what's going on behind the scenes? Every team would have to have, you know, kind of an HBO uh, uh, approach a hard knocks approach to what is happening with your favorite football team. So that way you can, you know, see what the coaches are saying in, in, uh, in practices or in their meetings, see how they're coaching up players, see some of the strategy sessions between GM and coach or GM and player personnel directors, you know, would love to hear a meeting where, you know, some some guy got injured and they're talking about who to bring in for for a tryout or who to bring in off the street, you know, to replace somebody important. All that stuff to me is is entertainment gold that the NFL should try to talk the league uh, owners into allowing access to because I would fucking reach into my pocket and pay good money to see stuff like that for my team. Hell yeah. Steven agrees with me. Steven and I agree on something. Yay. 4,000 Clover says, you nailed it, Aldo. He's too much miss and not enough hit. What was I talking about? I forgot (laughs) 4,000. Let's see. Anybody agree with me on that video thing? Uh, James Crystal says he would pay. 
Brent Kimball says these folks are supposed to be professionals in their field, yet they don't know how to work with the talent that they have. Yeah, Brett, it happens. It happens. I'm telling you, Brett, you probably have experienced this in, in, in whatever career you have. There are a lot of people in very, very powerful positions who you wonder, how the fuck did this guy become the CEO of this corporation or the president of this this organization? You know, they showed something, they fooled somebody some way, and they, they just... They, they they grew grew up in the organization but they have no people skills or and or they have no way of communicating their strategy and the execution of their plans you know, in the in the media bites that conversation on WSCR radio it's, if if you sh- if you missed it you know check it out uh, it was in the first hour of the show but on the score sports radio they were talking about how um Ryan Pace is, is uh, has behaved like a coward, not meeting the media, not explaining to fans. This is how we're going to go about improving ourselves. He gives these vague answers. He's just he's just a coward, and and I totally totally agree with that. He doesn't have the communication skills, the the business acumen to explain his vision. If if Ryan Pace came out on Monday and says, we've re- uh, released Matt Nagy, and here's my plan going forward. We're going to do an extensive search for our next head coach, and our target date to announce that head coach will be XX date. We're looking for a coach who can do this, 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 and this. We're also, so we, know, we know we have some problems at this position, this position, this position. We're going to address it by this, this, this. We know he's got some challenges with, you know, uh, the salary cap. And so we've got to do this, this, this. And, and, and that can be vague, but at least give us an outline of all the, the issues that he is concerned with as the general manager so that we can say, okay, he knows what we know, that there are fucking problems all over the place. And and, and so then we are at least walk away with the, the benefit of the knowledge that at least at least he's communicated to us that he understands what the fuck is going on here, that this has been a, 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 a train fuck. And he should admit, you know, while I respect Matt Nagy very, very much, it just didn't work out here. Won't get into all the details, but it just did not work out. And so I'm going to do a better job of finding the right fit for us. Um, other general managers have had opportunities to select their third coach. I'm grateful that I have my opportunity to select my third head coach, and I'm going to get it right this time. You watch. Some kind of communication like that would make us, make all of us Bears fans so much happier. Steven says, one reason I hate Pace is his poor communication skills and cowardice. You're right, man. I mean, I've been saying that. For a guy of his age, it is baffling and embarrassing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um PJ, I definitely want uh, Cliff Stein back as our cap guy. Yeah, I mean, he gets a lot of good reviews, but I don't know. I mean, it, we're in salary cap hell right now. So, so maybe some of the advice that he's given to Ryan Pace hasn't been the best, or maybe Ryan Pace has kind of forced him into using the credit card uh, so often. It's like somebody – said that uh, we're paying Charles Leno like $2.5 million next year. And I went to Spotrack and, and it's correct. See, he had his contract 
changed and deferred so much money like uh, Khalil Mack has and other players have that, yeah, we're paying the left tackle of the Washington football team money for next season. I mean, how do you manage an org- uh, uh, an organization that way? It's it's not great collaboration, right, Brett? <laughs> um, so I don't know. Again, that's one of those things that we don't know who's at fault there. Is this a Cliff Stein issue? Is this a Ryan Pace issue? I'll tell you one thing. It probably is a Ted Phillips issue because bottom line, he's got to approve some of these expenditures. And so, uh, and once again, in the media bites that we uh, had earlier in the show, uh, Sylvie did an outstanding job of listing all of the money that Ryan Pace has paid for quarterbacks in his seven years. And it works out to something like $6 million a win when you factor in Dalton, Foles, um, uh, some of the other uh, free agent signings. It's just been a mess. So much wasted money. Foles, Dalton, and who's the, the third guy they spent money on? Anyway, they've wasted so much money on these backup quarterbacks, and we don't have money to pay for a good left tackle. Foster Cover says, uh, I did, although if I put money up, it's off of uh, Sp- track. Thank you, uh, Foster. That was you indeed. Um, Foster, you're a good guy, man. You should be a producer. uh let's see cat problem is always a ryan pace problem says j-rock yeah i uh but i think i think there's other people to blame too bottom line it gets back to george mccaskey unfortunately we can't fire fire him we can make his life uncomfortable and I'm not saying that with threats or anything like that, but how about if at the next Bears game we're saying, you know, um, fired uh, George McCaskey and um, or fired Ted Phillips? Maybe some of that noise might get to them and they they might start saying, yeah, they're, they're starting to figure out we don't know what the fuck we're doing here. Um, they need to bring in someone that is going to give us a jolt of confidence, somebody who is proven and 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 uh, has a track record of success. That is so so important. BJ is asking me to look up an earlier comment. There it is. Uh, we were never in cap trouble when Stein was here. Oh, I get you. Uh, the current cap struggles we have is not on Stein. Pace replaced Stein when he got here. It, so Cliff Stein is no longer the cap guru, but he's got somebody else doing that. I'd have to do some research on that. Let's see uh, Chicago Bears. Mm. It makes for good radio when you have all this get done, right? Uh Chicago Bears organization official website. Let's see who is in the uh there's gotta be a name of somebody who's doing the contest. It's not Cliff Stein now. That's uh what you're telling me, huh? Do 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 front office George McCaskey Ted Phillips Ryan Pace all three of them go <laughs> look at this board of directors let me share the screen here get rid of this put this up here share screen and we go to the front office so board of directors uh, Virginia McCaskey is the secretary look at that <laughs> she's also the senior Chairman Emeritus or something, but Virginia McCaskey's secretary. That's weird. 
Uh, George McCaskey, chairman, Ted Phillips, president and CEO, Brian McCaskey, member, Ed McCaskey, junior member, Patrick McCaskey, member. Maybe that's part of the problem. There's too many McCaskies on the board of directors and not people who know football, right? Andrew McKenna, uh, who's probably around 100 years old. He's a longtime multi-billionaire here in Chicago, and Pat Ryan, another. So a lot of uh, people who make a lot of money on the board of directors. Nobody knows football. Um, ownership and executives, uh, Phillips Pace, Scott Hagel, Marketing and Communications, Karen Murphy, Business Strategy and Chief Financial Officer, and Cliff Stein, Senior Vice President and General Counsel. So Cliff Stein is still on the executive committee. Um, so, boy, now is that small? Sorry, I put that up in the screen and didn't realize it was so small. So he is still in the organization, but what you're saying, PJ, is that Pace brought up a guy uh, from New Orleans with him, and so that person is now doing the contracts, and Stein is more in a, an advisory position. I think I get you. James Crystal says, I think – where are you? I think the main problem is that whoever has been our GM has had to report to Phillips and McCaskey. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe in terms of, you know, these guys are suckers. I can do whatever I want, you know. They're probably <laughs> – Pace is probably, I better not say it. Um, Christo again says, if you can't talent in the draft, but try to go and get them in free agent, you always have a salary cap problems. James, you're absolutely right. What's happened is that he's had to go to free agency to to cover up the bad decisions he'd made with, with draft picks. You know, and he's had to redraft. So you draft Adam Shaheen in the second round, and then uh, two years later, three years later, you're drafting Cole Komet in the second round. Oh, it would be nice if both of them were really good players. We'd have a great tight end combination. But no, Adam Shaheen is not a good tight end, and Cole Komet, the jury's still out, although I think that he is going to be a good player. Cole Komet is going to be a good player in this NFL listen to the Greg Gabriel show on Monday, yesterday's show. We talked about Cole Komet for a while. And then uh, he texted me after the show and he says, Oh, I forgot to mention that uh, Cole Komet's numbers are very similar to Zach Ertz's numbers in his first two years in the league. So can you imagine if Cole Komet ends up being a Zach Ertz type, type, type of tight end for the bears, that would be groovy. It would be very groovy. I can't believe I just said groovy. What the fuck is wrong with me? Uh, factor. Earlier comment. Let me see. Where are you? Scrolling, 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 scrolling. I can't find you. The factor. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Oh, man. Sorry, bro. Can't find it. Can you cut and paste it? Steven says, one dark, dark horse candidate, Omar Khan of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I've heard the name before. Uh, he's close to Mark Sadowski, the scouting director from Days at Tulane. Oh, interesting intel there, Mr. Steven Nagishi. Get smart people from the Roonies. Totally agree with that, man. Totally agree. And I was actually looking at the uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, scouting department to see who's there. That Because they that team is jacked with talent. I mean, I look at the Cowboys and I say, holy cow, this team should be should should have, you know, uh fifteen wins with, with the talent they have, but they've got that stupid head coach, so not a good thing. Um Brett Kimball says, but where is Komet going to be to be that good a player? Our coaches are shit. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, Cole Komet has had some rookie last year. He has some rookie growing pains and, and this year he's a sophomore. So he still hasn't been able to present a full polished slate of games. He's had some inconsistency problems, but let's also remember that because the offensive line was suffering so much. He's had to block more than we probably would like to see him block. Um, he uh, uh, has definitely dropped some passes, so his hands are not 100%, so he's got to hit the jugs machine. He's got to do a lot of work to get better, but he is only 22. He's only 22. and So in three years, he will be 25. So if, if he does progress like he has from his rookie to his sophomore year, by the time he's up for a contract, he could be already playing at at, at an elite level. Uh, so um, I don't know. I, I'm a I'm a fan of Cole Komet. Not a huge fan, but I think that he's gonna he's gonna be okay. Looking for that uh, comment from the factor. Should have music in the background while I'm scrolling here. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Oh, here it is. Aldo, do you believe the McCaskies are more engaged in getting things right this time? What do you think the McCaskies are doing different now than before? I can only hope. I hope that they have started their search for help at the executive level, this football operations. I hope that they started that a month ago when it was clear that the team wasn't going to make the playoffs when it was clear that uh, at about the time that Dan Pompey wrote the article for the athletic, which was about four or five weeks ago, maybe six weeks ago, he wrote an article saying it's time for the bears to rethink how they manage things. And so I was actually thinking that two, three weeks, four weeks earlier that the bears, it was, it's now time to just destroy the paradigm that exists at, uh, with the McCaskies about how to run a football team. And the way to do that is by turning the keys over to an executive, a very high-level executive that the GM and coach both report to separately. The coach and the GM will both report to this executive vice president of operations. So that's what I'm hoping that the McCaskies are doing. I believe that they are more engaged in in, in, in in, in that they are starting to panic a little bit. And I'll tell you why. There's a lot of money uh, and a lot of convincing of people involved with this new stadium. They need to get a good football team out on that football field as quickly as possible. They can't afford to get this, continue to have this reputation as, as being a faltering franchise with no good leadership, no good executive executives on the team, bad, poor management and so forth. They can't afford to have that reputation and try to convince people to give them hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars to build this stadium and to convince the village people to move into Arlington Heights and to approve things. They've got to have a better brand, a better, uh, a presentation of what they're doing. So I think that the McCaskies are aware of that, have been aware of that for a while, and have been working at ways of trying to improve that. I really, really do believe that that is true because, you know, I George McCaskey, I think I just think he's too damn smart 
He's too damn smart to not realize that. So Foster says, Aldo is tired. It's been a long day for him. You're right, Foster. I think it's time to pull the plug. This has been fun, though. Um, I would, uh, I'd like to do more solo shows and just rap for an hour with, uh, with you guys and see what's on your mind and stuff. So maybe we'll be doing that during the offseason. Uh, it's been something that I've been kicking around in my, my head a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's time to pull the plug on this one. Guys, you've all been great. Uh, we've got uh, tons of people still in the chat room. We need a we need a a a um a late night bar room show that starts at midnight and goes till four a.m. I should talk to uh, um um what's his name? See, I'm tired. I can't can't remember names. <laughs> J. Joe says, "Aldo, sixty three. You're looking good. You're aging well, like Mike North. He's older, but looks damn good. Fucking Mike North looks like he can." He can kick my ass. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Steven says, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, uh, J-Rock. Um, I don't know, man. It would be cool if we had a late night show because uh, I think, you know, people would really love that. So maybe that's something the bar room will work on over the years. Uh, get a, a great late night show. Um, if so, I'm going to apply to be the, the host of that show because I love staying up late at night. Um, it's these long days that get to me, though. So anyway, uh, that's it. Uh, what do we got tomorrow? Tomorrow we got Buffon 55. Arif Hassan of The Athletic is going to be here with John to preview that Vikings game. But we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about the Vikings as a team. We're going to talk a little bit about the Vikings as an NFC uh, a North opponent to the Bears. What's in their immediate future? Do the Bears have to be kind of concerned about uh, the changes that they're going to be making? Because because could they be the heir apparent to the Green Bay Packers once Aaron Rodgers starts faltering and that franchise starts faltering? Is it going to be, is it going to be the Vikings or is it going to be the Bears? So we want to get some intel from Arif as to what's going on there, what's the temperature. So that's going to be an interesting uh, part of the Buffon Fifty Five show. Of course, he always starts off with his uh, five rants at the beginning of the show, so that's going to be really uh, interesting. He's got a lot of things to share about several topics, and then uh, the last third of the show. I joined him and Alyssa Barbieri, the managing director over at BearsWire.com, who's the co-host of the show with him. I will join them, and we'll have an open discussion and, and hopefully uh, respond to a lot of your thoughts in the chat room. Um, so that's tomorrow, and uh, also tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock, it's Bar Down Hockey Talk with the Parisi brothers and Frankie. He is going to talk Blackhawks and the Parisi brothers will talk about what's going on in the rest of the NHL. Great hockey show. And I'm glad they're, looks like they're starting to play hockey again. I saw that the Blackhawks lost their seventh straight. So it's probably not a lot of good, good news, seventh straight or fourth straight or something like that. They've been in a tailspin, but uh, I think it's, uh, don't worry. Those guys make the show very, very interesting. Um, PJ says, I love the way you interact with the chat room. That makes this show so great. Thank you, PJ. Really appreciate that. It, it is, this is fun. You know, I, I gotta, if I can get a little modeling here, I, one of the great things for me about this whole operation is the interaction that I have with fans like you all across the country, all across the Chicago. I talk to people who have grown up in the same neighborhood I did many years ago. I talk to people who are from different countries and so forth. I mean, this Bears universe, this Bears community is is so much fun to interact with. And so one one of these days we'll get a phone board set up and and uh, and actually be able to talk. 
But for now, you know, the chat is it, and um, well, it'll have to do. Brett says, thank you, Aldo. Great show. Good night, folks. That's a perfect way to end it. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody.